Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to Podswoggle, a wrestling podcast with entertainment. This is your host, Mullet, here joining you for post-WrestleMania 36 thoughts all done on Sunday, even though it was two nights because we had to wait to pick our jaws up off the fucking ground. Over Skype, I have four of the members of the Swoggle Squad joining me. Of course, Augie is not here. Augie didn't know WrestleMania was happening. <laughs> and start in Nashville, Tennessee with Michael Witten. Uh, two updates. First, I'm about four beers in, so I'm feeling very nice. Two, I got a fucking dog. All right. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, we're fo- yeah we're fostering a dog now. His name's Scooby. I had to buy a cage for him today. It was eighty dollars. It was fucking expensive. Let's go. Give, just give, ask everybody else how they're doing. Was there a number before or after that four for the beers? You're not telling us. <laughs> you be the judge. Okay. In Chicago, <laughs> in Chicago is Spencer. Uh, boy, I remember when my my parents uh, first adopted me, and uh, boy, I can tell you, my cage was a lot more expensive than eighty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also in Chicago is Rich. The Rob Gronkowski era is here. It is upon us, and I welcome it with open arms, uh, that of a wide-open tight end in the end zone of a Super Bowl match. <laughs> you're Football. ready. You're ready. You're ready for Super Bowl matches. But, of course, they won't be able to call it Super Bowl matches. They'll be able to call it big game matches. <laughs> and then Sarah Logan. Never mind. Saying, you ever had big game meat? <laughs> Boy, this is Never though. mind that shit. Stream of consciousness fucking podcaster over here. <laughs> yeah, really. Just like a John professional. <laughs> Never mind that shit. Here comes Gronk. Just waiting for the Botchamania intros already. Instead of Mongo. Uh, speaking of the big game in New York is Tope. Oh, I thought you were going to go with speaking of big game meat. Fuck you. I thought you were going to say speaking of more expensive than $80. <laughs> no, I was going to base on the last person. And Tobey's never paid for sex a day in his life. Tobey, yeah. uh, doing good. Um, really glad we get to it. A certain wrestler made up all his WrestleMania time tonight. The, the nine that he's missed. Sure did. <laughs> sure did. We have a new Paul Levesque. All right, so <laughs> uh, we're here to talk. Uh, it's been a couple of years. Well, last year we did it immediately after WrestleMania. We were five of us were in the same room together. We were basically unconscious <laughs> we were so tired so worn down and then the previous couple of years we hadn't done post mania thoughts because we waited till you know the post raw and smackdown now those are already in the bank who knows what those are going to look like so we decided to take the opportunity uh, again as we are in our 10th year of potswoggle to go back from the start and do what we did on potswoggle 2 as soon as wrestlemania is over we get on the horn we record our thoughts about it and go match by match and recap it, uh, and it'll be 
it's a little shorter and sweeter, I think, than usual. I mean, we have 16 matches to go through, and I know we have a lot to talk about, but we also have to go through everything else that happened on the weekend, what physical ailments we went through as we put our body through copious amounts of food and checkers and pie and beer and everything else. So uh, just mania here, but we'll start, as always, with general thoughts, what everyone kind of, on the whole, thought of WrestleMania. Uh, we'll go in order... Uh, from people, we'll go in pick'em order. Uh, your winner of WrestleMania 36 pick'ems, this disgusts me to say this, <laughs> is Tope for the seventh time in ten years. Tope, oh, what do you think of Mr. WrestleMania, baby! <laughs> Eat it! <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking asshole! I'm really trying to work out that catchphrase now. Eat it! Um... <laughs> <laughs> You didn't call us dance machines, so that's fine. <laughs> All right, Weird Al. <laughs> uh, it's, I think it's a classic case of back against the wall and still come out with an entertaining show. It's like no one had any expectations. Everyone thought it was going to be a train wreck, and it, I was entertained both nights. I thought it was really a really good show. Yeah, uh, I will go next as I finish second in Pickums, which means... Yes, I finished second in Pickums. Tope had 95 points. I finished with 88 points, uh, which means that we will be one and two in that order on the season, which means I came second to Tope again. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is such a different energy and vibe to WrestleMania that I dig and I like and I can totally get on bar- board for. It's much more creative you have much more opportunity to kind of hide your negatives and fluff what needs to be fluffed to make it a, a more thorough and entertaining show. So I dug the shit out of it. There's a couple things I didn't agree with, and I, I could go without, and we'll get to those. Um, but the highs were high, and I mean that in every definition known to man for all three of them. Uh, third place with 78 points. Yeah, today was a weird day. Rich finished third in Pickums with 78 points. Rich, Mania Thoughts. Mania Thoughts. Boy, uh, it was very creative. (laughs) (laughs) What a back in a compliment. You know... It, it easily could have just been an absolute shit show, and I feel like that's what, like, a, a that's what we were expecting a percentage of it to be, is just a fucking shit show. Uh, but they pulled it together. It happened. Um, and it worked. Like, obviously, the empty arena of it all was still pretty awkward for the direct, like, yes. Sometimes it was fine or whatever, but, like, on a whole, it's like, nah, this just isn't – we need people back, especially for WrestleMania, because, like, sometimes you just try and contextualize it in the the scale of WrestleMania, because that's what so much of WrestleMania is, is scale, and that was rough, but as far as, like, what they had to do – they made chicken salad out of – Coronavirus, and it was very well done. 
I always go back to the first WrestleMania that we went to live, the two of us and, and Andrew Zengri in 2008, WrestleMania 24. And, you know, we, we got there and we got our food and we sat down and there was a, a shitty pre-match, a dark match, battle royal, whatever. And then, like, the counter is there for, like, a minute or two. And we all three just looked at each other and were like, we're at fucking WrestleMania. And it just hit us. It was our first one. And it was, like, being there with, like, tens of thousands, almost 100,000 people and the stage and the pomp and the circumstance. Like, it feels big and important. Mm. And I think everyone's kind of felt that when they have Mania. So that was one thing that was taken away from it. But the performers did everything they could to still make it feel good and important to them. Um, finishing fourth with 78 points. Um, actually, I had the points wrong earlier. Uh, Tope had 95. I had 88. Rich at 83 with 78 points. He was leading going into day two. And he even had a bigger lead after the first match of day two, which we'll get yeah. up on. But, but unfortunately... A lot of people had a lot of their big points left, <laughs> and and Dolph and Dolph Ziggler and John Cena fucked him up. Yeah, he won the Augie well, battle. That's all that matters. He beat Augie. Uh, his yeah, son, ultimately that's what matters. Yeah, what what you think of Mania? Uh, yeah, y'all y'all. The the big thing for me was the the crowd missing. It was uh, it was a real shame. It made me feel um it made me feel for a lot of those wrestlers um. Particularly, it hit me when Drew McIntyre won won the championship. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a that's a fucking crying shame that he didn't have a, a you know eighty thousand people there to see that. I mean, that's a culmination of years of WrestleManias. Yeah, decade and a half essentially of waiting for his moment to happen. Well, not even that. Uh, I mean, that for sure. But the Undertaker story when he got beat at at thirty or whenever it was, like. Oh yeah, sure. No, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um I, I want to go through when we go match by match here in a moment. Uh, I, I want us to kind of analyze for each one crowd yay or nay for it. I think most of them it would be yay, but I think there's a few that honest to god benefited from not having a crowd. Or oh it for sure been for sure. Different. There's a there's a couple where I'm like this isn't going to be any different. Like what people ain't going to make any noise right now. So we'll we'll get to those. Uh, and then in. A choke job that Latrell Sprewall would be proud of. Coming in, coming in to WrestleMania in first place with a chance to win his first title and finishing in dead last with 65 points. Uh, Augie got 75, so he's a full 10 points behind Augie in last place. Is Michael Whitten. <laughs> Whitten, you'll end the season in third place. Uh, ended, uh, I had, uh, Tope had 48. Uh, I have 46, Witness 44, Rich is 39, Spencer 27, Augie 26. Wait in your thoughts on Mania. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I fell asleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, no, I'm joking. I've been up the whole time. Uh, but I knew I was last. That gave me more time to think of my thoughts. It seemed like without a crowd, like WrestleMania is this grand big spectacle. And it seems like every WrestleMania in a way, is is for the people there. And since there were no people there, it kind of felt like it was for the wrestlers. Like, I, like I, saw yeah, a, I, I, saw, I saw a video that Owens put on Twitter, and he was just like, I'm proud of this WrestleMania, and I think y'all are going to enjoy it. We're all proud of it. And it's like, huh, like, never really heard that before 
from from the wrestlers that they that they were proud of a of a WrestleMania like this strongly. And so I think that because of the whole situation and the fact that they their feet were to the fire, they had to put on their best efforts. They were very they were very proud of it, and they had a reason to be. It was a great WrestleMania. And they they still like like we were talking about today. They a lot of people still went and got new gear and had a different look. And every year for Mania, like each person tries to throw a couple new like tools into the bag just to be like you know like oh here's this new move I'm doing or here's like a new concept ready. And again, there was different kind of moments in matches and stuff. So it definitely felt special to them. So in turn, it still ended up feeling special to us. Um, Let's 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 get started. So, uh, did anybody watch uh, either kickoff? I did. Match? Yesterday's. You did. Yeah, uh, I, I I watched both. Um, yesterday's more intently. Today's less because I could only listen to Corey Graves and Peter Rosenberg talk for one hour, not two. Um, but yesterday's Cesaro Gulak match was actually end up being the second shortest match of the entire weekend, and it was still like maybe one of the best four minute matches I've ever seen. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, they had surprise, they had surprise. a lot of fun together. Yeah, I mean, those guys are going to make the most of any time they get. Uh, seeing Cesaro bust out a UFO, I think for the first time in WWE, was really cool. Cesaro's quickly becoming like the WrestleMania pre-show, like Undertaker or <laughs> like champion. Like he had, uh, he did win the, the Andre Battle Royal on the pre-show, but he was on the pre-show of that same show with Swagger in the four-way title match. And then he won with Kid a couple years after that on the pre-show. And, yeah, he just always has good moments on the pre-show. So there's a niche for you, Cesaro, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but uh, with that, the first match of WrestleMania this year was the women's tag team title match. Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross defeating the Kabuki Warriors for the uh, to become the first ever two-time women's tag team champions. Uh, thoughts? It was awkward to see a tag match and then, here's the thing, like, whoever told them to act like they're supposed, like, how they would act normally did a good job. I thought everyone did a great job of pretending, like, hey, this is normal, even though there's no crowd here throughout the entire WrestleMania. Yeah. But seeing, seeing, like, Nikki Cross, like, try to get her partner back into the match by doing that, you know, the clap thing, like, come on! Yeah. yeah. Like, she, like, trying to, like, get the crowd behind her. <laughs> it's like a, like a uh, real Peter Pan thing. I'm just like, if you everyone claps together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but no one was there. But if anyone's going to do it, it's crazy Nikki Cross. So at least, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I would have loved for her just to, like, go all in with that. Start yeah. hot people at the ringside, going crazy. <laughs> Let's go, Lexa. It's like nobody else is doing anything. <laughs> She's like looking at a cameraman, like, come on. <laughs> get, get into it. Don't work right now. Yeah, it was uh, another another interesting theme I had here is with it now being two nights and it now being, uh, you know, no audience and it being a pretty hard three hours out on night one, three and a half hours out for night two, like the timing, like everybody for the most part got time that, that deserved and needed time. So it's got like 15 minutes. Like there's no way in the regular WrestleMania that this gets 15 minutes. Like, oh, yeah, no. No, it's impossible. Not. So the match was definitely elevated in that. I think it was the best match I've seen Alexa and Nikki Cross both work 
um, barring like some one-on-one matches Nikki did against Asuka in NXT. But um, yeah, I dug it. It was it was a good, solid tag match. I didn't agree with the result, but I, I was I was totally fine with it. Uh, anybody else? Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's, uh, I think I said on the Pick'em show, it's like they hadn't been in the title for a while. Sane hadn't been on TV for a while, so they're just like, let's just move it on to someone else. But uh, I also like the fact that I remember when they announced WrestleMania was in Tampa last year, everyone's mm-hmm. like, I can't wait to see what Kyrie Sane is going to do with that pirate gimmick. <laughs> and she had to get him pinned to lose the title. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been different. That would have been different. Let's be honest. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like a hometown thing. Like it's her hometown, so she's in a pirate theme WrestleMania. She's doing the job. Yeah. <laughs> the the two things I'll say. One's a statement. One's actually a question. The first one is, and again, we've alluded to this previously. When when your tag when your women's tag titles have changed hands five times, and now you have the first two time champions, like you're not putting a lot of work into that. So maybe fix that. Uh, this, the well, second hasn't hasn't Charlotte won the fucking belt ten times? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to catch overall. up to her dad. Don't worry about that. Nothing yeah. to see there. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with that with him, but yeah, I think just overall the women's division, yeah, the the hot shot in the belt is is tough. Yeah. The second question I I or the second statement I have is a question. Do you think that they had the run through through these matches like? generated up before taping or did they oh, take like all of these matches and then figure out the order? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, I thought about it before. I think the story I had seen or the rumblings I heard was that they kind of did it based off of Augie is asking to join the call. What a fuck. Um, <laughs> why is I'm about to make a good point? You son of a bitch. I'm in midpoint. Hold on, Augie. <laughs> Um, is, uh, and I'm going to lose it now. No, I got it. Uh, <laughs> is they, they had a general idea and then they did kind of go back and piece together. It also was based on like availability. So like, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock and Drew was the first thing they filmed and Brock's <laughs> like, all right, peace, peace motherfuckers. I'm out. Like Spencer said last week, that's a season wrap on Brock Lesnar. Like, <laughs> like get, get whoever needed to get out, out. And then they kind of went from there and it's like, okay, well, what do we got here? Um, like, I don't think that the Boneyard match was scheduled to main event night one. But when they got the, like the hard copy of it back, they're like, ain't nothing following this. Put that on last. You know what I mean? Yeah. That that probably was what it was. And I think that was a good match to kick off, you know, the women's tag title getting 15 minutes and getting good solid time and, and a a nice, a nice baby face moment. That's probably what they did. So it was a good question. Um, Augie, congratulations on your fifth place performance in WrestleMania pickums. You're welcome. Yep. I mean, thank uh, you. <laughs> yeah. We are going over uh we are going over general uh, you finished last for the season as well, so it's good to know that some things never change. Um you did not watch WrestleMania yesterday, I know that for a fact, correct? Correct. Okay, did you watch today? Um it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, no, no, it's not, yeah, not. it's not. It's not weird. <laughs> so it's not, it's not on your it's not on your end, and it's not on WrestleMania's end for what we're going to talk about later. So go ahead. No, so I I, I knew we were going to kind of we might possibly record tonight. So I was like, oh, I should look up some of the at least some of the highlights from last night, and then I'll see what happens tonight after it ends. And I looked up WrestleMania 36 highlights and just started watching, and then like halfway through, I realized that it was tonight's. Uh, up until, I think I saw up until Edge won. 
Only you would get so confused and lost on a two-night WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. So I didn't see any of last night at all. I saw highlights of tonight up until the Edge match. All right, well, we're going to catch up right now. We've gone through the first match of night one. Uh, any other thoughts on the women's tag title match before we move on? Nope. Not done for me. Uh, I, I would say this match nope. was probably better. I know, Augie. Uh, I think this match <laughs> was probably better better off without the crowd, kind of to Spencer's point a moment ago. I think this would have unfortunately suffered in front of a crowd because we had less time, and it would have just been a calm-down match from something else. So I think this was a, a thumbs-up in terms of it not being in front of an audience. Um, next, this will be a fun one. Uh, Elias defeating King Corbin. In nine minutes. I don't know why I said, already. I don't know why yeah. I said it was gonna be. I don't know why I said it was gonna be a fun one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I just lied to everybody. Uh, nobody wants to start, <laughs> so <laughs> somebody fall on the sword. Uh, they should have just killed Elias. Have the balls to kill a character off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they did. They did. Well, oh, yeah. later. Don't, yeah. Don't we don't know that yet. <laughs> Well, they can't kill three people off at WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to do it, you do it at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, I mean, we're going to get to all of it, but one is probably dead, one is stuck in a void, and then they should have killed Elias. Like, rule, <laughs> it's, it's rule three. Rule three. Yeah. Um, this was... The most inconsequential WrestleMania match of all time. <laughs> right now, this was just was. And just there was a match there. with zero story at all on this match. There were two on these cards. Yeah. There were two actually. Yeah. There were, <laughs> there were two. Uh, yeah, Augie. Uh, so you don't know anything. So as I said, Elias beat Barrett Corbin. So there was your twelve points. You lost. Second match of WrestleMania. Um, it was nothing. It, it was, it was, that one it was in a, yeah, in, in a, a WrestleMania where the two world title matches were combined to six minutes and 45 seconds, this was the worst match of WrestleMania, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I, I, I'll ask I'll ask this question and I'll ask it to Mullet, Tope, Rich with the wrestling history that they know. What matches can you remember in which it's a heel versus a baby face and the heel tries to resort to underhanded tactics to get the win, so the baby face then tries the same underhand tactics and gets the win? Every Eddie Guerrero match from 2003 <laughs> to 2005. <laughs> I was just going to say WrestleMania uh, 20, but yeah. WrestleMania 20, yeah. That's what exactly what Mullet said. <laughs> Every single Eddie Guerrero match. Yeah, and also it has happened a lot where you have, like, those rebel baby faces that pull the tights like Elias did. We've spent too much time talking about this. Uh, we will move on. True. Uh uh, a shocking third place on the card, the Raw Women's Championship match, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Becky retaining. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to ask the question if that Elias Corbin match was better off without a crowd. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> it would have been exactly the same. Uh, yeah. So this one was short, 
about eight and a half minutes. Um, I think this is a prototypical answer to your question you just posed, Widden, about did they have a match card order in mind earlier? Because I think this was almost definitely going to be a main event of one of the two nights. And they're like, never mind. Yeah. It wasn't bad, I don't think. I think it was definitively the first match in whatever they're going to do. And they did want to go full board with everything. Exactly. And I feel like it's it would have been easy to just have Shayna walk in there, choke out Becky, give her the title. But it's like they they put too much in Becky. Let her win. Let Shayna still be the one that takes the title off of her. But, I mean, hell, even now you got Bianca Bebelair up. So you, who knows? Got You got more people who can come up. True. Spencer, Rich. Sorry, I got distracted. I was watching uh, my girlfriend's cat um, be nice to the other girlfriend's cat. Are you a polygamist now? Your other girlfriend's cat? What is happening? <laughs> my cover's blown. <laughs> <laughs> English is hard. Yeah, um, yeah uh, Becky Baszler. I don't, uh, or yeah, Becky, fuck, God, not Charlotte. Jesus Christ. Can we just talk about the Charlotte match instead? <laughs> um, I think the best case scenario in terms of in-ring work for them, I think they could have a better match, but I don't, I don't know. I honestly don't. Yeah, I, I watched that match and like, as soon as the match got done with, the first thing I, I thought was like, there was no, there was a, there was a disconnect. There, but there between the two of them, just things weren't hitting as well as I feel like they they could have. It's still a good match. Also, also the whole thing of uh, Baszler putting the clutch on somebody and then somebody like back rolling over to get the pin. Mm. That's that's not what the third time we've seen something like that. Yeah, it's that's what I was gonna bring up. Is the I felt like the. Uh, ending of the match, uh, we've seen it before. That's how she lost the title to Kyrie Sane. Uh, and then in the rematch, Kyrie Sane tried to pull that shit again, and Shayna Baszler was ready for it. So even if you do want to say, like, oh, well, Becky must have, like, watched tape on Shayna Baszler, or, you know, like, to try and justify that, uh, but Shayna Baszler would then logically would have been ready for that. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. And also, like, just, again, again, crowd versus no crowd. I feel like Becky's someone that, like, thrives off a crowd and stuff like that. Uh, so she was also not helped by that. Um, yeah, that was, I mean, and and we all know, and we've all said it, like, Shayna doesn't exactly have the most exciting matches. So I'm yeah. kind of uh, happy that the, the match length was shorter. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it was definitely still trying to, like, ease us in to what was happening, you know? It's another match I don't know if it would have benefited from a crowd. I felt the crowd would have been kind of restless during this style of match on with Shayna in general, as usual. But then also, I think on a live WrestleMania, they would have gotten a lot more time. Maybe not as much, because they would have had to take forever to get Becky's fucking semi in and out of the goddamn <laughs> arena. Uh, yeah, but that would have been something better. Like, it seems yeah. so silly just to, like, watch her drive it from, you know, parking lot A1 to parking lot B3. Yeah. 
Well, and they also they showed it on two previous Raws. They oh, really? They really? Raw. Yes, that, that's oh, why I made the well, comment. Well. That's why I made the tweet. It was like, God damn it, we're getting our money's worth on this uh. fucking semi-truck. <laughs> like, originally, it was only going to be a Mania thing. It was going to be like a big, probably like, video shot like like angle of her like coming into the building so it would have been a lot more production value when that goes out the window they're like just have her show up every week with it mm. so you guys are like whoa cool truck and i'm like yeah i'm seeing it give <laughs> me access next year cool yeah that's why it's beneficial to not watch you idiot yeah you're the idiot. <laughs> i know i know uh, so, Augie, for keeping track, that is your 13 and 12 pointer gone already. <laughs> yeah, rough night. Yeah, so you, hey, you still didn't get last. You're you having a rough night. Feel these nipples. <laughs> you would win for 0 for 3 to start. Uh, and you guys finally picked up your first one here uh, with. And I picked up my first. Oh, no, I've lost the first match as well. Uh, Sami Zayn successfully defending the Intercontinental Championship against Daniel Bryan. Nine minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, yeah, it, it really sucks that they're just not going to let. They're either not going to let Sami Zayn wrestle anymore, mm. or Sami Zayn is really, really hurt and can't really wrestle anymore. Yeah. I don't know which one is the answer. I don't like either one of them. You mean the guy that dislocated his shoulder um, climbing the steps? <laughs> well, he's had multiple shoulder injuries and whatnot. Yeah, I, I, shocking. <laughs> As I mentioned in our little group, if he turns into basically a really cheap late 80s heel that just gets heel on the floor for 10 or 15 minutes before he finally gets his ass handed to him and then backs in a win, that could be a nice little niche for him for a couple of years, but... Yeah. It's just sad that that's, that's the, the success that he's going to get at this point when he should have gotten it five years ago to be one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Um, yeah, it also so sucks. Like say, I'll just have to say, if, if Shinsuke is second fiddle in this artist collective to a guy who isn't going to wrestle for 15 minutes, that's just, boy, that sucks. Well, same thing yeah. versus all. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was really sad yeah. on SmackDown. Watching Daniel Bryan and Shinsuke Nakamura wrestle a one-on-one match for the first time in front of no people. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they were just and 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 they were just like, oh man, this should have been like the world title match last year, man. you know. But um, it's uh, I'd like to give Tope kudos. I think he nailed exactly what we're gonna get out of Daniel Bryan for the next however long we have him. Is that he just wants to. Work with some some cool dudes and help them out as best he can. He doesn't he doesn't because sure there was interference like but it was really just Gulak and the collective like hitting each other back and forth like it's a pretty close to a clean ass win for Sammy at WrestleMania over Daniel yeah, Bryan. Yeah, very much. So, but yeah, even then, so, like so, even with all that said, uh, with you know Sammy kind of wrestling that style and everything i still found it to be very entertaining and and again a a benefit of the way they came up (laughs) you know wrestling in those kind of environments where there aren't many people (laughs) uh you know the last time those two locked up uh me mullet and augie were there and you know there were only like what 75 more people there 150 more people there (laughs) Uh, probably, yeah, probably a couple of hundred. They also worked an eight-minute hug spot to start the match. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
little different. You remember that, Augie? Remember the first wrestling show? Remember when you slept on Rich and I's couch and our friend, our third friend couldn't go to the wrestling show? We're like, hey, get up, put some pants on. You're going to a wrestling show with us. Nope. <laughs> of course. Expect the weekend of purple pants. We went to Orlando. Oh, uh, yes. Girl, purple, yes, that, yes, yes, yes. That girl, that girl at the we, bar. You got to put it in terms he remembers most. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You got to remember the wrestling show. Secret spy phrases that just unlock whatever memory it yeah, is. Exactly. Yeah, that's fucking I can tell that girl in the bar, bar story now. <laughs> it's a very funny story. Nothing happened. <laughs> it just was very funny. Uh, but I won't. <laughs> that's just real still for us. <laughs> Fuck them. That's why. Um, yeah, anything else on anything else on this? I mean, I I think would have benefited. I don't think it would have changed for the live crowd because I think they would have worked exactly the same match, same amount of time. Um, I think it basically would have been roughly the same for this. Yeah, it's it's a match with, what, five people and Drew Gulak's the worst worker. That says all you need to know about how much talent's in that match. Cool. Yeah, true. Yeah, good point. Um, next, the triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, which was thrown out because this did turn into a singles match because The Miz is a big old dummy. John Morrison successfully defending against Kofi Kingston and Jimmy Uso. Uh, now we know which Uso this whole time has been good. <laughs> I've never <laughs> known any difference, I guess. I would love to see that conversation. Like with Kofi and Biggie, you know, like Biggie's going to defer to the veteran. Kofi's going to do fancier shit in a ladder match. With Jimmy and Jay, it's just like, best of seven rock, paper, scissors, dog? Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I um, thought the ending was a lot of fun. Yes. It's something I've kind of wanted them to do in a ladder I think they've only done it close to that, I think, twice. They did it in a – actually, another Kofi ladder match. It was Kofi, Swagger, and Ziggler, where Kofi and Swagger were on the top of the ladder – they both ripped the title off. The title fell to the ground, and Dolph was just there and just ca- caught it. <laughs> um, and then it happened in TNA once. I think it was like an Ultimate X that ended like that, where like two guys were fighting, and another guy like leapt out to the X and like grabbed it in the middle of it. I think it was Daniels maybe or something. So, yeah, the ending was creative. I, I would never in a million years do what those guys did in front of no fucking people. Yeah. Oh, like, yes. You're right. At, like. You can't give them enough kudos, and I know they put, they took preventative measures. Apparently, there was a couple really odd shots that were specifically in place because they had crash pads. So, like mm-hmm. the one the one spot where Uso uh, took a really really long fall from the ring to the floor, there was a crash pad there. There was another one. Apparently, they reshot some 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 spots as well because I don't know Morrison just walking around the ring on the top ropes, making Grand Metal Leak look like a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And all other like like ladder bridges and spots and whatnot happening that yeah might as well take the opportunity to to spruce it up and cut it up mm-hmm. a little bit. This is the first time it felt like WrestleMania and that we had a big clusterfuck yeah. ladder match and I yeah. all three guys bust their ass and deserve massive kudos for doing that to themselves for nobody. Big time. Yeah, I um, think I think go ahead. I think the I think this match was the only match except for. Uh, Boneyard and Firefly Funhouse, in which, like, I put my hands on my head, was like, oh my god. Especially during Morrison's parkour, like, swanton off of the turn, off of the post. Yeah. Like, that shit 
popped me out of my seat. It was a good. It was a really good moment for Morrison because his first Mania back. I, this was his last Mania since he was a dickhead to Trish Stratus and Snooki. Um, yeah. <laughs> God, that's a sentence. That was a fucking sentence. But uh, he's worked really hard over the past ten years, and he got a, a, a spotlight moment. The Miz and Big E would have bogged this match down, really, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. I mean, he, he would have some good spots. The Miz always almost kills himself in ladder matches because he's so fucking stiff and awkward looking. Uh, but, yeah, the right result happened. Augie, your boy, got a big win at WrestleMania. Yeah, right after he got buried at the the, the Rumble, but okay, cool. <laughs> He's a champion. He won it. Hey, he won at WrestleMania. The guy that buried him didn't. I mean, I can't so complain. There's also Elias, Elias B. Corbin before. So overall, like, wrestling-wise, it was a good night. Picks-wise, yes. not so yeah. much. Morrison, Morrison probably made an eighth of what Brock Lesnar made at this Mania, but don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, anything else on the ladder match? Moving right along. We're all just trying to get to two matches. I know. Yeah. We gotta do this for semantics. Come on, you know. Uh, well, this one we can, this one we can spend a little bit of time on because this was this was very very good. Kevin Owens defeats Seth Rollins twice. Um, he beats <laughs> Seth Rollins by disqualification. Calls him a bitch. Uh, this was the cursiest WrestleMania of all time, which I can very. Oh appreciate. yeah. Um. Or I mean, excuse and, me. Oh fucking shit, bitch. Fuck ass, yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, challenges Rollins to an ODQ match, turns around, beats him right again. About 17 minutes. Uh, thoughts? Uh, I'll go ahead and go first. Uh, I, I thought this was, uh, super entertaining. Definitely gave us a great moment for night one, uh, just from like a, a traditional wrestling standpoint. Mm. Uh, yes. and, and I'll tell you right now, this isn't something that happens at WrestleMania as often. And when it is like, we definitely raise it up, but this was, and you know what? I think it's appropriate that the sponsor this year was Snickers because this match satisfied. <laughs> oh, Amazing. This is one that I'm torn because I think a crowd would have been very hot for it with the story going in. And anytime Rollins has got white gear, it just turns into like he literally turns into a fucking Power Ranger when he's in fucking mm-hmm. white. So I mean, he was like the Pope Power Ranger. Um, <laughs> but this one was so beneficial because you had two guys that get their characters and their roles yeah. so well yeah. that they were able to take the silence and the the advantage of not having anybody tell them their story and both those guys have been through hell with that and they were like we're telling our fucking story and we're getting in our lines and we are scripting this out to make it be flawless on top of great action yeah so this was this this was a big old win yeah i mean for kevin owens someone who, who never stops talking in the ring like this was a, a great moment for him yes and rollins too rollins oh, he brought it. Is, rollins definitively is a heel like yeah. He's like you can't ever have him be a babyface anymore. He's just even just a, a, a quick solid, you fat piece of crap. As he throws <laughs> that kind of thing. As a, it was just so vitriolic and so like 
bold that it just it fucking made the moment so great. I also feel like Seth Rollins was using Kevin Kevin Owens' own name against him because the more he kept calling him Kevin, the more I was like, why is someone named Kevin wrestling? What is he thinking? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Kevin. I was like, yeah, come on, Kevin. What are you doing? <laughs> You're the one that had the home loan thing. He's like, is he going to turn into like, like, uh, like, 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 getting like, like, yeah. You're such a disease, Kevin. <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, uh, Topai. Uh, de- yeah, kind of just jump on what Rich said. It just was a satisfying match. It had a story. It had two great characters who knew what the fuck they wanted and needed. And the DQ finish, I thought they were going to go with that just to extend the feud. So I'm glad they had the mini swerve for that. And then, yeah, satisfying ending with Seth Rollins, like, begging for forgiveness before he got stunned. It's, like, perfect. Just Mm. fun and entertaining and in the right exact spot. Gave us a big, dumbass spot. The whole time, I didn't know that was the actual WrestleMania sign. I thought it was just on a projection screen. (laughs) And then I was like, Oh, wait, he can, oh god, that's high. <laughs> was, was that, was that not gimmicked at all? Like, was there a camera cut or anything? Cause I, I, there was no crash, but as far as I could tell, so, uh, I don't know. They had an airbag. They did. They did okay. an airbag. They did an airbag on the announce table, yeah. Which, okay. again, I don't know why that's not the norm for everybody, but that fucking Singh brother that died in the Punjabi <laughs> prison match. <laughs> well, they cost like $428 to inflate, so they didn't want to spend that. Oh, I thought you said the Sig brother cost four hundred twenty dollars. That's a fair point. You can just go get another one; and they'll, they'll be fine. Yeah, Augie, there was a uh, Owens uh, is basically the new Shane McMahon. He wrestled him enough; he, he assumed his powers. Yeah. He did a big dumbass like thirty foot jump off of a off of the WrestleMania sign on the on the Rollins, and then uh, won. I, I do gotta I mean, say uh, that. With, with the new setup, it does allow them, like you said, like you said, with the airbags. It allows them to do different shit, different angles. And me watching the highlights today was one of the first times I've seen any in-ring with no one in the crowd, and it wasn't as awkward as I thought it would be. They they did a good job of filming it the right way. There was a couple matches on night two specifically that um you just basically were taking a tour like you were on Cribs. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I that is the – we'll get there when we get there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they they did a good job with this one as well because these guys brawled on the floor a little bit. Never once did it make it feel like you weren't just watching this happen as if it were, like, in a movie. So that was that was nice. Um, not nice. The Universal Championship match – Braun Strowman defeats Goldberg in a solid two minutes and ten seconds. I have a specific request because Augie did not watch this match. Hey, retrospective Rich, could you summarize for Augie what this match was? Gladly. Um, so, Braun Strowman, uh, he's taking the place of Roman Reigns in this match. Uh, Roman Reigns shouldn't be in the building for this in these times. <laughs> Braun Strowman comes out to his music, as is custom in wrestling. (laughs) Goldberg comes out, flanked by two people he shouldn't be near. (laughs) (laughs) What does he come out of? 
Well, as we learned tonight, he came out of a stairwell that leads to, uh, like, oh, it wasn't the break room, but it was something. But uh, last night I was like, oh, he's just coming out of the break room. <laughs> he bangs his head up against the, the vending machine and sun harvest sun chips are fucking free for everyone for the night. <laughs> Except for you, Terry Taylor. Um, <laughs> And so Goldberg comes out uh, in lieu of sparks. There's fire extinguishers, like it's a University of Miami football game at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering what was different about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, they got to go get those refilled. Um, and so the match starts. And then there are... Uh, some spears? Not airy spears. Goldberg spears. <laughs> that would have been um, there's an attempt at a uh, power slam by Braun Strowman. Uh, that attempt gets thwarted. Some more spears as Goldberg goes to laughably get Braun Strowman up for a jackhammer. Uh, counters. <laughs> power slam. Power slam. Power slam. One more? I can't remember exactly. Anyway, the match. a lot of power slams. One, two, three. Braun Strowman is your universal champion. The so match was. Ever. The match was literally power slam attempt, spear, 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 two count, spear, jackhammer attempt. Power slam, power slam, power slam, power slam, three count. That was the <laughs> entire match. <laughs> well, actually, first of all, uh, Spencer, when did you find out who it actually was going to be against? Uh, maybe uh, hour, two hours tops before the, the show. Wow. They'd finally like, announced it on Friday during SmackDown. Uh, yeah, okay. it yeah, was like, it was like whenever Mo found the, uh, the, 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 the run order, basically. And by announced it, Literally just announced it. No, no context. No. They just said, and of course, Goldberg, <laughs> Ron Strowman, like we've always said. Uh, this, so when I made my pick, saying that wow. there's no way they're going to put this shit on Braun Strowman, which mm. it looked like they, they weren't for a while. Like, for whatever reason, there's no, there's no, like, logic around it or anything, but just, like, in my body and soul, because this is WrestleMania, because this is like the end of so many things, it and I know that they have Monday Night Raw already taped, it just feels, it felt like everything would go back to normal after WrestleMania, and yeah. there was no, they were gonna, they were gonna put Braun Strowman out there in front of a crowd as a Universal Champion. Uh, but they don't have to do that. They don't have to do that for some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, sure. Trot him out there in front of nobody as your universal champion because it doesn't matter because there's no crowd to tell you yay or nay. Um, yeah, that's our our brains are doing some weird things to us right now. That's that's what I'm gathering from this one match. It, it does make me wonder. You bring up a good point, Rich. Like, will having no crowd allow the story writers to breathe a little bit more? Like, without Vince changing things around on the whims of the crowd. I feel like off of these last two nights, like, we've kind of seen that. Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, I think it just boils down to the fact that no matter what, Bill Goldberg can't do this. No. <laughs> and you could have put him against anybody, and it's like, look, thanks, Bill, but <laughs> we just can't run with this anymore. I mean, I, I think mean, we all know where this is. Between having that information now and, you know, fucking a month or two ago, like, they still do that shit, but, you know, yeah. I so literally, every time I, see him walk, every time I see him walk to the ring, I, I worry for him. Just, he looks crazy. Yeah. It was set up to have somebody put on a pedestal and get whatever rub is left over beating Goldberg. And, you know, he's lost three times, which he only lost five times, I think, ever in WCW, barely. Mm. Um, and half of those were, were horseshit. <laughs> to, to Roman, it was basically delaying what is still going to happen for a year. It was going to be, and then Roman beats Goldberg, and then you do Roman and Feed. Well, now you have Braun, and then Feed can either beat Braun, or you go straight to Braun and Roman. Like, there's no, there's nothing else there. <laughs> it's just, it's just using the mystique and the aura of Goldberg and whatever stupid-ass television rating he popped for sitting in a room challenging Bray Wyatt to, at WrestleMania. So, despite what Braun has done over the past couple weeks, kind of being a bit of a shithead to indie wrestling and just a, a dumb redneck, uh, this was two years too late for him. He yep. has worked his individual ass off. Um, and it was already, you can already tell a huge difference between him now and him two or three years ago in terms of his mobility and what he's done. He's really put his body on the line over the past couple years to get himself over and deserves a world title run. So I'm glad at least he can say that it happens. He is officially now mm-hmm. the big show. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Which means I, I can't forward. wait for the Braun Showman show. God, you, you took it. You took it from my lips. You took it from my lips. Everything passed my lips. Put my hammer on for that. I'm just getting hyped for what I'm about to talk about. Anything else on Braun Strowman and Goldberg? It, 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 the one, the one question I, I have about all this is, Witten's just full of questions tonight. <laughs> well, because all, because, because all of y'all are making wonderful, wonderful points and counterpoints. I'm just in providing, you know, questions, things for us to think about. Um, this beer is starting to wear off a little bit. So the, 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 the question I have is that obviously they knew that if it doesn't matter if it was going to be Roman, it doesn't matter if it was going to be Braun. This was the type of match that it was probably going to be. Um, it may have been a, bit, a little bit longer if it was Roman, but it was still going to be about this match. Was the decision for Goldberg to go over on Bray, Super Showdown, win the title, was the decision made at that point to try to garner more fans for Mania and to put Bray with Cena for more for more buys, like what? I don't was think that the, was the thought. I think it was. I think it was twofold. I think the mainstream audience is going to recognize Goldberg versus Roman Reigns more. Than they are going to be Roman Reigns and the Fiend. I get that aspect for it. 
I also think that the original plans were rumored that Goldberg was just not going to be on the show, and they were going to have Roman and Fiend, and they were going to have Cena versus Elias for no reason whatsoever. That was the plans for Cena. And Elias is actually still doing really well as a babyface. It made no sense to turn him. So instead of that, the one good thing we got out of that was the natural WrestleMania match for The Fiend was Cena. Because from the very beginning of The Fiend, The Fiend's whole thing is reenacting or getting the revenge that is due to him on all of his past failures. And there is no bigger one than John Cena. So that part of it worked out fine. It ultimately sucks the way it had to happen with Goldberg, but I've already forgotten about that really after what we saw tonight. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that was the mindset behind it was they really had done Cena a disservice over the past couple years of just, he's, he's like on Mount Rushmore. Like he is, no one was a top guy longer than him and he's given back a lot <laughs> and he still gave back a lot. <laughs> um, so it would made more sense to have him do that than have him work on nonsense match with Elias and then, you just feel fortunate that I didn't change it to Spears and Power Slams. That would have been eight shots, pal. <laughs> that would have been bad for you. Oh, oh yeah, feel bad for me now. Yeah, just now. Yeah. Fuck the past fifty some odd minutes. <laughs> it's boneyard time. Yeah, baby. Boneyard is ready. (laughs) (laughs) The Boneyard match. The Undertaker and AJ Styles, your main event of night one. Augie, have you seen or heard anything? No, just from you guys losing your absolute shit in the group chat for 300, (laughs) what was it, 312 text messages? 314. I want to kick you off the call, make you watch it, and then come back onto the show before we wrap up to be able to talk about it. It, I, does someone else have words? Uh, here's they should have sent a here's something. I'll uh, I'll (laughs) say that I probably should say towards the end of this conversation in front of the beginning, but um. Was the winner of this match Jeremy Borash? Because that's what you fucking bring him on to do, and he knocked it out of the park. It, like, I know yeah. there were plenty of other people involved in that, but that isn't as good as it is unless you have somebody with as much ex- experience at doing exactly that thing doing it. And he fucking crushed it. I never thought I'd be saying this on a WrestleMania wrap-up show, but Jeremy Borash <laughs> won WrestleMania. Well, I mean, he sat under the learning tree of Jeff Jarrett and Vince Russo for so long that he eventually had to come up with his own goddamn ideas. <laughs> the way that it's the way that it started like set the tone so much because you see the hearse come in and you're just like casket comes out like oh it's yeah, that's that's Taker great and then you see AJ and you're just like. Okay, now we're getting He's something. Shitty grin, laugh, roadhouse villain. <laughs> and, then, and then he was Although it actually, Taker. It is foreshadowing too, by the way. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah. Oh, there's tons of literary device in mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then cut to 
like a helicopter crane shot, Metallica, and Baker on a chopper. Let's, I could have, right then, I could have broken a brick wall with my fucking head. (laughs) I don't wait for Biker Taker to show up since the last WrestleMania. Yes, I immediately got out of my chair. And I went and got drugs. <laughs> and I don't have no saying that on air. I was like, I am getting drugs for this. <laughs> it was. There's no way to overstate how much this shattered expectations. Like, realistically, had WrestleMania just happened in Tampa, these guys would have had a very nice 15 minute match inside of a ring. That would have been fine. It would have been fine. AJ would have probably gotten the best one-on-one match Taker's had since a couple of those Lesnar matches, Mm -hmm. you know, a couple years ago. Fine. Cool. Whatever. This was so much more. This is like the final thing that Taker should have on his legacy. This is AJ Styles getting a WrestleMania moment of all time. Mm -hmm. This This is a standard bearer for what should happen a lot more regularly now. Sorry, Mullet, to interrupt you. It's a it's a pallbearer, not a standard bearer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it is a pallbearer. I would not have been surprised if he just showed up in the middle of that. I, fully I know he's been that. for seven years. Fuck it. I absolutely expected that. Like, what are just some of the highlights? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much of it from Augie. I mean, look, but. Here's the thing. Like, it's it's pretty simple. Give me two hicks fighting in a graveyard. I'm and All right. Yeah. If you want to have Undertaker wrestle more matches and just have them be these pre-taped type matches, like these cinematic matches, I would watch Taker fight a whole bunch more. Yeah, you'll have, you can have Undertaker for ten more years. Yeah, because yeah, then you, you can hide his, his weaknesses and, yeah. It just turns into these those those really random like lucha movies they've done forever. Like mm-hmm. you know, like it's like a blue demon or El Santo movies. You just get yeah. Undertaker movies now. There was oh, like yeah. no act rest, like it's just punches and, and props and stuff. Uh it was just a buried alive match, as it turns out. They just didn't want to call it a buried alive match, so you had to bury your opponent, which was a fun little discourse between us. It's like them just like, Oh, I thought I thought you had to have a three foot bone or, or <laughs> <laughs> um there was yeah, the, the, the army of the, the first one to figure out what the match is. Yeah, <laughs> then they just get into politics, and they're just becoming friends because those two would just agree on everything in the world of politics. <laughs> yeah. um, as evident by the Undertaker's "Don't Tread on Me" hat during the documentary after part two, <laughs> in thin blue line Texas shirt. Man, blue lines do matter. Yeah, they do. <laughs> but fucking. The, the OC had an army of druids that magically appeared out of a shed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl Anderson is dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. They buried AJ Styles under a pound of dirt. The Undertaker lit that roof on fire that Carl Anderson was tombstoned on. Uh, Gallows is fine. Gallows was thrown off of the roof. Anderson was still on that roof. <laughs> He's gone. Someone it's, has to go take care of hot Asian wife and kids. <laughs> his wife is Asian. His wife is Asian and hot. His kids aren't hot. Thank you. Thanks for clarification. What's yes, so good is when you are able to dissertain 
like the wrestler from the person. And it's just things that they would do like in real life whenever that moment Ooh. comes up. So when yeah. so when AJ I don't want to give too much away for Augie, but when AJ hits Taker with the very big thing and just screams out, You made me break my finger <laughs> things like that just pop me. It just make me laugh. I have so many lines written down just just uh, when when the window smashing son of a bitch and <laughs> what that apparently all their like shit talking and all that stuff was improvised. Still. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah, I believe it. They crushed it. Please don't bury me. Please don't bury me. And then just anytime you can match just badassness with cheesiness, like just uh, the hand coming out of the dirt, mm-hmm. and then just. Him showing up behind AJ mm-hmm. with the light. And it was a great feet movie, man. It, it so was. Like, it was instantly one of the greatest things I've ever seen at a WrestleMania. Period. Yeah. Forever. It yeah, will go only, down. Only surpassed by one thing. Yes. <laughs> one thing, which we're still about to get to. Uh. You have no idea. Oh, I can't wait. Sorry. We're not talking about your thing, Tope. <laughs> no, no, I'm no, I'm legitimately talking about the thing that Spencer's talking about. It's an embarrassment of riches. It's it's Tope, so. Wait, sit down. <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> so here's, so here's an interesting thing. So again, we're recording this. It's ten to midnight where I'm at right now. Um, so we're recording it immediately after Mania. So there hasn't been a whole day to stew over what we're going to get to for night two. But already, I know from what I've read and what I've seen that there is so much more passion and love for the Boneyard match than the Firefly Funhouse match. The Boneyard really? match is pretty much universally loved. Well, the Firefly okay. is, is dividing people. What? <laughs> and, wow. I, and I find that interesting. And we're going to get to it. Okay. Go ahead, Tope. No, I'm saying we, we will get to it because that makes me very upset, but we will get to it. So yeah, we, we yeah. I think the only thing I can explain is possibly like, this was still some semblance of a match. Yeah. Yeah. This was, and this was 35 minutes. The Firefly Funhouse was 35 minutes. I'd be drooling on the floor, uh, uh, overdosing off of uh, nothing. Yeah. I would have had to change my pants more than once. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so it's different, but this and this also I think was it, it capped off the night. Like mm-hmm. I think the funhouse, like we still had a match afterwards, kind of. Um, this was like when this was on last, we're like, oh cool, last. Okay, this must really be yeah. something. And then we just had our fucking, we just got back slapped. <laughs> and like we were Robin, we're the Robin Batman meme with this match. Yeah, I, I could talk about this match for another 20 minutes, but I feel like we need to move on unless we, we miss something. Nah. Uh, it was great. Augie, uh, I, I cannot, in the 10 years of this podcast, I cannot stress enough for you to yeah. f- listen to me and watch this in its entirety. <laughs> All right, I'll watch it tonight. Convincing. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> He's having sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so night one in the books. 
night two. Uh, I ain't gonna talk about Liv Morgan versus Natalia. I barely watched it. I was eating dinner. Oh, I I forgot about it to be honest. Liv Morgan. <laughs> hey, cool. her one on one matches like Dolphin. Yeah, good for her. Uh, <laughs> the first match night two was the NXT Women's Championship. Charlotte Flair defeating Rhea Ripley by submission in almost 21 minutes. The the second longest match that took place in the arena. The Boneyard match was the second longest match of all WrestleMania, so it was the third longest match technically. Um, thoughts? Who was the – oh, Spencer, I'll let you start as you were the one person that cursed us and picked Charlotte. Uh, yeah, this one exactly how I expected it to. I never had any doubt in my mind that Charlotte was going to win. Um, really pretty obvious, honestly, if you ask me. You don't really <laughs> need to be a psychic, but, um, no, I had no idea what was happening. Uh, this was, uh, I'm going to watch my words here. I'm just going to say a real delightful match in, in every way. It's just a great match. <laughs> I, I, so very much. Loved it. <laughs> Uh, it's fantastic. You did you did nail basically exactly the reasoning behind what happened happened. You were one hundred percent right. Is that their mindset is you put Charlotte on NXT and now she's got fresh matchups and an already stacked division gets part of double entendre more stacked. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm down. I'm I'm, uh, I'm a little lost for words. Um, <laughs> I'm more of a visual guy, um, but I'm, I'm, I hope I hope Rhea Ripley gets to do something cool now because she's she's great. Yeah, this this was a fantastic fantastic match. Uh, yeah. Wrong result to me. Uh, go ahead, Tope, or whoever was about to start talking. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, it's exactly what I was afraid of, and why I picked Ripley is because I I had hoped because this is kind of like a a uh, year where you can take some chances and actually do some things you wouldn't normally do uh and you can actually put over someone who's like super young like that um against someone who would it would count a lot for uh but now I'm just I just got a bad feeling about Rhea Ripley becoming the one that's just like she's got a long road ahead of her like you know she doesn't have to have it all now like we don't we we don't have to turn her into a megastar now when we can mm-hmm. later but later isn't fucking guaranteed as we're finding out so yeah, you're, you're right this would have been a really cool opportunity to make like a, a new super hot uh, uh superstar like imagine Rhea Ripley coming in beating charlotte like and and not out of nowhere like she's proven herself in nxt like it would have been really cool well, she'd been so protected over the past four or five months, and that that Survivor okay. Series weekend was all about making her. She yeah. won a four on two war games, and then won it for NXT the next night, and then she taps out Shayna, or, or she pins Shayna, uh, and has that amazing moment surviving the, the clutch and everything. But she was basically <laughs> being put over like this not monster, but this new unstoppable babyface badass. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I can think of is like, it, does she get called up to the main roster now too? And her and Charlotte like switch spots for a little bit, but right. then like, where do you even? Does she just go and just steamroll Bailey, and then she wrestles nobody on SmackDown? Like, mm-hmm. I, I was looking forward to her versus Io, looking forward to her versus Dakota Kai. I was looking forward to her, not against Tressa Green. I was looking forward to her, uh, you know, against against whoever else that was still lined up for her being like a solid champion in that esteemed NXT women's title lineage 
as Tope's talked about, that I think it's it's muddled a little bit. Yeah. Also, it's one of the things where it's it if you keep her on NXT, she can wrestle someone in the next takeover, and then you do the what now would be a rubber match because Rhea did pin Charlotte in that triple threat match that they had on SmackDown yeah. like months ago. That was always yes. my my biggest favorite pick in that match. Same reason for the Becky Shayna match because obviously Shayna did, did she tap out uh, or did she choke out Becky when they fought a Survivor Series? No, she made she tapped out Bailey. Oh, she tapped Bailey. Oh, uh, yeah. See, they didn't even know that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, do you put her on Raw and have her go against Becky? Like, I don't know what you do. I, I honest, I I hope she gets it back, but I just hope they just have a plan. That that's interesting because I'm already. They do have a knack of uh, casting people in basically exactly the opposite of what they've been doing in NXT, which it already looks like they're going to do with Bianca Belair. She's going to come up as, like, a baby face just hanging out with her husband in the Street Profits. So, like, they would call Rhea up and be the heel that wasn't working in NXT UK when she's obviously working as a baby face right now in NXT. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Oh, did you catch any of this? Again, I caught the highlights. Uh, Spencer would probably know. Rhea Ripley's tights, were those modeled after uh, Vegeta? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think they were. <laughs> okay, check. Again, that was another, that was another multi-layered question. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was picking up your previous comments, plus just the anime knowledge was, was, all, was the real basis of it. Um, <laughs> anybody else on, on this one? Perfect, perfect match to start night two. That was the best yeah. selection. Also, really good job having the way the match started was Charlie getting over, getting a little braggadocious. Then Rhea comes back, hits Riptide, almost a three count, and now we're going into now we're starting to get into this match. Yeah. So my really, really good start to it. My other problem with the ending was that I would have preferred she got pinned. I don't know why the fuck she had to tap. Especially because yeah. it was established against against Shayna. Mm-hmm. Like, she was in that clutch for, like, five fucking minutes. And then it's the same thing with Asuka. As soon as that high-arching figure eight happens, like, it's almost as protected at this point as fucking end of days and Black Mass. In that, like, it's it's done. If that happens, as soon as it happens, like, it's fucking over. I know it is. So, but don't diminish the work of both ladies. They did a great job. Uh, yeah. Big, sweaty women slapping women meat. Marvelous. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Um, next, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. Alistair Black gets the expected W in about seven minutes. Uh, we referenced it a little bit earlier with... Uh, Elias and Corbin, and that this match had no backstory whatsoever, mm-hmm. and was more memorable and better than that match, one hundred percent. Oh, without so a doubt, outstanding. Like again, this will be forgotten tomorrow. <laughs> but you know, I'll still a remember. Good spots. I'll still remember the finish to that match. You know, <sighs> yeah, it's good for match. sure. Good finish. Yeah. I love that they're already teasing breaking up Lana and Lashley. They'll probably be broken up literally the next time we see them on TV. We could have, like, uh, Lana start cucking Lashley, and then it ends up that it's with Rusev. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it, do it. Ending. 
Yeah. It's just them pooping back and forth forever in the storyline. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm for it. I'm so for it. Uh, I really wish that Aleister Black wasn't in that tag match last year with Ricochet so Aleister Black could be undefeated at WrestleMania. That'd be yep. a cool little thing. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the only people so, uh, in single, sure. The only people that are currently undefeated at WrestleMania after this weekend, uh, Nikki Cross, Elias, because this is his first singles match at WrestleMania. Um, let me scroll through real quick. I believe technically Braun Strowman is still undefeated because the one uh, the one battle royal he was in was on the pre-show, so that doesn't technically count. Like the, um, how like how Edge had never been pinned before Taker, so I guess you can go with that. Yeah, um, Otis is now one to know. The Street Profits are one to know, and that's it. So those are our candidates for new streaks. Streaks, guys, can't wait for the streak of Otis. Um, oh, Otis is Otis is streaking. We're gonna get there in a second. Anything else on Officer Black and Barbie? <laughs> so I got it's good. Good, good finish. Great the finish. Black mass, that yeah. black ass. That's all you got. <laughs> in, in long tights. <laughs> long, long tights. Long tights. Lashley. I don't remember at what point we haven't talked about. Well, normally, as we're breaking down the show, we talk about, like, the Hall of Fame segments and NXT and whatever else. We don't have any of that. Only thing we have to break down is uh, the hilarity that is Rob Gunkraut. I see. I just, I just pulled a <laughs> Hilarious. I'll imitate the being on a pre-recorded show and still flubbing his lines. <laughs> he called it a beverage. He said, I can't wait to see what happens the tonight. Uh, there was another one I'm forgetting. But uh, he was a disaster as expected. Well, that's your fault for listening to him. <laughs> I chose to look at my phone or do anything the fuck else. Uh, who down to hear and see him? I, not if you're strong-willed like I am. Look. <laughs> yeah, Rich is a real millennial. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, truly, I don't know. Like, I know you obviously had a low bar set, but the bar is the floor, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Which is where he is to start the night and where he is to end the night. The floor uh, of the bar. Yeah. They did, of course, the 24-7 segment here. Truth gets beat by Mojo on night one. Uh, all the the NXT D squad comes out and chases all the people. They're like, we're fine if you guys are quarantined for a month. Uh, I, I could have sworn the Rosebuds were back. I recognize I recognize one guy because uh, the only guy I recognize is uh, not Mike Enos, but the other one, Wayne Bloom. One of the Beverly Brothers' sons is on NXT. <laughs> I saw him at the last NXT show I went to. He's like six foot five and is blonde. I saw him in there. Uh, Gronkowski did a trust fall off of his little scaffolding, and he's the twenty four seven now. Uh, and then we got a new host. We can I, they are officially announcing Titus O'Neil as a host of WrestleMania on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was which, his, he had no purpose. Oh, he had a he, purpose. He had one purpose. <laughs> You're right. Crushed it. You're right. He had one purpose. He has, his purpose was to be the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, worldwide. Yeah. 
next match, uh, Otis, Dolph Ziggler, and as Tope said, the second best laid out match of WrestleMania in terms of story. <laughs> I love, I love this match. Yeah, this was great. I mean, technically, who gives a shit, but this is classic, ad- good attitude era, romance storyline, happy babyface ending. Man, is it weird that they turned Mandy Rose babyface and kept Sonya Deville heel. That never would have been a million years, but it fucking worked. This- I went into this match not, not caring whatsoever. I don't care about Dolph Ziggler. Like, whatever, good for him. I got nothing against him, but I just don't care about him. And then I'm watching all the, the pre-match, like, like the storyline explaining it, having them explain it to me. And I, and I was like, I'm sorry, this fucking rules. What have I been missing? Like, this guy didn't care about Ziggler. And like, how compelling. It's so, there's so many cool elements to it. Like, Sonya double crossing Mandy and Otis is fucking really funny. It turns out. I didn't know this. Yeah. Uh, man, just everything was so great. And then they have the mystery hacker. Like, this was like made for me. I love this. GTV is yeah. back, y'all. Yeah, baby. It's a uh, baby face GTV. They turned GTV baby face. <laughs> the only thing I, I will say, I'm, I'm disappointed that we didn't see whoever the mysterious hacker was. That could have been real fun. We'll probably yeah, get I that tomorrow night week, or something. Yeah. yeah, or something. Yeah, it, it's with with the insignia. It's heavily rumored to be Mustafa Ali. Um, which makes sense. He's doing good things. Like he's helping people out of situations mm-hmm. and finding the truth. I think he's even mentioned that he's been like the truth in the past. Mm. Um, but whoever it is, um, whoever it is, I'm, I'm down for. Yeah, this, this was pure. This is the definition of sports entertainment. Yeah. Okay. Also, Mandy Rose is like super hot. Yeah, that's <laughs> always good. So that's, that's always good. Uh, she oh. made sure to wear her WrestleMania outfit. Yeah. <laughs> she fucking wore that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Toby, do you remember, uh, 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 you and Augie remember, Augie remembers the, the person in question when I was saying, man, she knows how to stand. Mandy Rose knows how to wear a dress. <laughs> in that same vein. Um, um and then of course yeah. you got the, yeah, Otis well, is great, all of his expressions. Yeah. Dead. I, uh, because it was like a romance angle and stuff like that, and WWE has this, uh, such an, what is it? Awful track record at uh, stories like that. Um, <laughs> yes. you like the guard has been up this entire time right. and, and they actually kind of stuck the landing. And I like the idea of Sonya Deville as the diesel to, <laughs> to Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> <Michael. laughs> yeah. Dolph Ziggler. Uh, at the point looked, where Dolph should be having a female heater. Sure. She looked fucking intimidating yeah. in her gear and shit like that. Like, all of that, all the elements just worked. And there wasn't any, like, dumb little shitty swerve. You didn't have, like, the the Vince sprinkles of, like, there's no way he could be with a girl like her or anything right. like that. Like, Lord knows, yes, we do get enough of that in fucking Seth Rogen movies or whatever. But, like, yeah. still. Well, in like, JBL commentary. It, well, yeah. Yeah. Give me start on that. But, yeah, like, <laughs> it was, it was, um... It actually subverted shitty expectations. Yeah, and even like they even kind of like mention, or you know, they like touched on it when the when Mandy Rose was like, "Yeah, I think he's really cute," you know, in like a, a weird different way, but I think he's cute. Like it's like cool. That's yeah. great. We all can recognize that Otis is an unconventionally looking man. So mm-hmm. cool. That's all you have to say. Yeah. God knows, Sonya Deville is going to be a better heater than Bobby Roode is for Dolph Ziggler. They, they're going to win the tag titles now. Fuck Bobby Roode. <laughs> <That'd be awesome. laughs> Um, and then we finally got the kiss. I was hoping in that moment, 
The one thing I was disappointed, I mean, Otis was a gentleman, and it was a stage kiss for the most part. He should have gone all in on that son of a bitch. <laughs> he was <working laughs> this for years. He was doing this in NXT on Twitter. <laughs> Just wishing her happy everything day. Well, you don't know how many takes that he, he quote-unquote flubbed, and, you know, they had to redo. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I got that one. Can we do that again? Yeah. He touched my tonsils with his tongue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then again, there's plenty more else we can go with it, and now we're going to have them together, and I, she could wear a little construction worker outfit. It'll be great. It'll be, oh, it'll be a lot of fun. It's going to be a shame when she marries Bobby Lashley, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great gimmick, though. Last week, just started still up all, all the white girls. <laughs> <laughs> the polygamist, Bobby Lashley. <laughs> What's Dana Brooke doing? Put her there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I like this. Yeah, you have a stable of sister wives. <laughs> <laughs> Like, they have, like, a trio's tag championship, like, between them. Like, what? <laughs> Bobby Lashley, his whole rest of his career is just the TV show Big Love. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it, go for it. Are we just <sighs> making Bobby Lashley Doc Antle now? Just give him some tigers? Yes. And <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't even get that reference, but sure. Do whatever uh, you want with Bobby Lashley. Just tiger, make him one. Watch Tiger King, my man. I know, it's next on my list. Yeah, make, your list needs to be one thing. <laughs> now you know how it feels when you actually watch Parasite every day. For <laughs> the two-hour movie, it's so much easier. There's still a lot of reading with Tiger King because you can't understand what the hell they're saying. And they speak English. That's true. They probably hired the same person that did uh, that used to do the subtitles for Honey Boo Boo for Tiger King. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, someone who's fluent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I want to keep going as long as possible because I want to get to the next part of the podcast. So, anything else on Otis and Dolph Ziggler? Nope. <laughs> let him go, man. Okay. Just let him go. All right, yeah, fine. Just jump. <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom anyway. I'll be back. <laughs> you can't introduce it. I don't even know what you're talking about. What are we, what are we talking about? Edge, Randy Orton. Last man standing after, and this is just according to Wikipedia, I'm going to go back in time. No, I'm not. I'm not going to watch this again. In 36 minutes and 35 seconds, in the biggest liability of all time, and that anybody that knows anything now could break into the performance center and get anything they want because they covered every square fucking inch of that building. Right down to the first aid kits on the wall. <laughs> I was going to say, I saw, I saw the highlights of it, and it was still way too much behind-the-scenes shit. And, <laughs> and I was sitting there going, how many people are working on this show that there's nobody here for? Edge and Randy Orton asked for the blueprints of the building and went, yeah, we'll do all of that. Yeah, like them and Danny Ocean got together to plan this one out. Yeah. There's a little Asian man in one of those crates. Help <laughs> Randy Orton get off that semi truck. Edge defeats Randy Orton. Mean enough. Tope, go ahead. So let's start with this because it fucking deserves it. At the time that you said holds up, this is the longest non-time match in WrestleMania history. Wow. 
Yes. <laughs> that is the longest outside of the 60-minute Iron Man match, which had, which had to go 60 minutes. This is the longest match in WrestleMania fucking history, and it deserved every goddamn second minute. I don't know if this match is fucking good. I don't give a fuck what you guys are going to say after this. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... I, I don't... I, and I, I won't even go too long about oh, over this, because you want to get my full reactions. I recorded myself watching the match, and it'll probably go on Patreon in like a week or two. But it, yes. it was everything I wanted. Everything. It had chairs. It had fences. It had hand chairs. It had cars. <laughs> it had weights. Sleds. Oh, my. What else? I'm running out of it. Had, it had pictures of NXT. <laughs> Ceiling fences. Ceiling that? That, that was my favorite spot. The ceiling fence when he was upside down like Spider-Man. I feel like I've only ever seen that in Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. <laughs> and I will be, and last thing I'll say, because like I said, I have all reactions. I want to I'll legitimately hear what you guys think, because I don't know how good this match actually is. It, but at the end of the match, when he's going to hit him with the concerto, I legitimately thought, like, man, he is actually selling it. And we've seen a lot of wrestlers do that spot. Like, I don't want to hurt my friend, but I have to do it to end this. And I think he sold the shit out of it, and it was a great ending. I, wow. Totally uh, I finally like know what I sound like. Uh, <laughs> 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 I hear you, man. This is my favorite wrestler of the five foot ten, a hundred and seventy five pound jabroni who ain't even on the show. Ooh, how many? How many? Uh, you know what? I'm just gonna rise above it. Like, let's just look at all the the the, the lauded matches uh, that they all have, and like, let's add up some star rating totals and whatnot, and uh, I'll just get back to you then. Um, <laughs> My guy only needs one star rating, one, because he is the star. God, shut up, idiot. Oh, I will say the one, the one thing I. That Gargano Champa setting up their match. The thing I hated about that setup we haven't talked about is that Triple H was going to put them on WrestleMania, and they just kept interrupting him. They're like, "We don't need it." It's like, shut the fuck up! You're going to get put on WrestleMania. It was blatantly what that was going to be leading up to. And they're like, "Don't just give us an empty building. We're fine." <laughs> so I appreciated that. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. It was good. It was good. It was entirely too long. <laughs> it was... Yeah. <laughs> yes! Especially because... Especially because it's a last man standing match. So had right. it just been... Had it just been a, a falls count anywhere match, then fine. Like, because then you're going to have two counts, or, or you're not going to have the ref constantly stopping the action to count or do whatever. Uh... But then, like, constantly, I've never heard, my daughter hasn't count, counted the 10 that much. She's learning to count the 10. Well, she knows how to count the 10. But you know what I mean. Uh, it was updated. But, yeah, it was It was a wonderful car crash WrestleMania match that you can't get. I, I, I think this match benefited from not being in front of a live crowd. Because I think Edge's entrance would have gotten a huge pop. Mm. And it would have been a hot start. And I don't think it would have been as long in front of a live crowd. I don't think, as I joked on the text chat, this is the Triple H spot in the show now goes to Edge and Randy Orton. 
getting all the fucking time that they want in the world. But I, I think eventually a live crowd would have started to sour on or just like, like at a certain point, it just gets to be way too much. Yeah. For you to, for you to sit through and enjoy. Uh, I think there's also Edge getting this out of his system because now I think Edge will just actually be wrestling just good wrestling matches, like in the ring with everybody he wants to fucking work and, and hang out with. But he looked great and, you know, it's, it's off to the races for him and whatever he wants to do next. Uh, other thoughts? Richard, do you have something else you were going to add as you were being chastised for liking Johnny Gargano by this maniac that is Topa? No. No. I'll say this. Big, huge missed opportunity not to use that chair shaped like a hand, especially when it came yeah. back. Yep. <laughs> Real. Who the fuck uses that chair? I, uh, I sadly missed it. And now oh. I, I have to rewatch it because you guys keep talking about it. And I want to see if I can discern what it was. I can't believe you missed it, it twice. It was a hand chair. A chair shaped like a hand. Yeah. I'm having so many visuals run through my head. You're not helping. Nobody's helping. You've seen this chair before. Absolutely. You'll know it when you I, see I'm it. I'm a fucking Google hand chair. Yes, okay. and it's um, going to be the look, one that comes up. Here's, I'm going <laughs> to mullet. Put your, put your, <laughs> bend your hand all the way back, like, so you're trying, like, you're trying to touch like your you're trying to carry your, like, like, like you're carrying a tray. Like, Perfect. Like, yeah, like yeah. you're carrying a, a waiter tray. And then bring okay. just your fingers 90 degrees up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. I love this match now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Uh, they also didn't use, man, when I saw that, like, 40-foot ladder, I was like, mm. don't you fucking dare. That was, <laughs> that was scary to see. That was scary to know they make ladders that big. Yeah. Yeah. If they can, can make ladders that big, what else can they make? <laughs> <laughs> I was also like, what the fuck, like, could he do? Because he already did that ill-advised elbow drop where he went, like, feet first on that, too. Mm. On the elbow through the through the, uh, the the table, and his table didn't even break. Um, yeah, I, I don't like that Edge is going to be doing all this shit. <laughs> it's I'm glad that matches are pre-recorded because I, I'll know that whatever's aired, he's lived through, <laughs> or hasn't been seriously injured through. But now it's like watching him live is going to be a whole nother experience. It's going to be Daniel Bryan all over again. Yeah, we got, we got, it took us a good solid couple months before we got comfortable with that. Once we got over the, like, the big cast stuff, I'm like, okay, God, big cast ain't gonna boot him into a, a coma, so he'll be sure. fine now. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll be good. Uh, I cannot wait for three years from now when I get to do this exact same thing that Tope just did. <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of fun. <laughs> he was on the show. <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He was on the show laying down again in a video montage. <laughs> uh, anything else on the last man standing match? Like, it's just... No, I'm not. Hit me again with it. Hit him with it against two guts. <laughs> All right, 
Well, then the Calm Down match, Street Profits successfully retaining the Raw Tag Titles against Angel Garza and Austin Theory. This was the shortest, uh, the shortest non-world title match on the shows. Uh, <laughs> six minutes and 20 seconds. It was literally just to get the Street Profits on the show. Nothing outstanding to note. Bianca Belair getting uh, seemingly the call-up post-match was a cool, good moment. But uh, I like Zelina Vega's outfit. I guess she went shopping with Triple H for that, I assume. <laughs> uh, I'm not working this year. You want some skulls? No, you only want to fit. <laughs> there were some uh, Oakland Raiders fans that didn't need their shit anymore. <laughs> yeah. And again, but, yeah, my yeah. Streak, again, my streak continues from not hearing Austin Theory say five words. <laughs> well, he probably said multiple words, but just his face and his mouth is so small in his head that you can't hear them and make them out. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Tupac. I was I didn't say nothing about the match except that uh, Selena Vega changed her last name. She added uh, Alistair Black's last name, and that's how much I paid attention to this match because I don't remember <laughs> anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> they made sure to have two people catch Montez Ford instead of no people for his big <laughs> yeah, yeah. which I appreciated. Uh, yeah, it's, it was a nice, you know, a nice palate cleanser after it was the bathroom break you needed after the feature-length AMC drama without the commercials we just watched. <laughs> uh, but it was good. <laughs> Anything else on the Raw Tech title, man? Nope, nothing for me. Yeah, I was going to say, pretty, pretty easy, that one. Fatal five-way for the SmackDown Women's title. Bailey successfully defends against Lacey Evans, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. This one went almost 20 minutes for some ungodly reason. I don't know. Um, I, don't know. I liked it. Yep. Yeah, I was fine with it, honestly. Yeah, did not hate it. Because, it, yeah, it's 20 minutes, but, I mean, you got five people in there. I feel like that's pretty good. Like, we got Tamina out fairly quickly, and then, you know, I don't, there's some interesting stuff happening with the uh, – Naomi teaming up uh, with Lacey Evans against Sasha and Bailey, and you know some some hijinks and things ensue. And the way that uh, Bailey accidentally hit Sasha to uh, even the playing field for Lacey, I thought it was cool. Well, and that not only that, but additionally, I feel like they added a lot of very interesting layers to the whole Sasha Bailey dynamic that they haven't been in months and years. Mm. And uh, in addition to what you mentioned, I thought uh, another thing that was interesting was when Sasha was getting pinned, how Bailey just backed off and just watched it happen. Oh, and Sasha doesn't know that, and Sasha helped out with, for the retain, and so it's going to be fun to see how just all that actually plays yeah. out, because there's, there's, like, nuance to it now. That's that's an interesting cog they used with one of the greatest WWE stories ever with Triple H and Batista. That happened in their chamber when Orton pins Batista, Triple H starts to get up and just kind of lays back, and that ended up being a linchpin on the rest of their story moving forward. So if they use that, I I hope that the nuances and little things are picked up on and purposeful and happen. Because besides that, I just... It, it, for me, it didn't do anything. I, I think the Tamina stuff, while short, was still too long. Uh, <laughs> there's, it's just, I cannot suspend my disbelief 10 years after the fact. Yeah. Tamina is a wild card or a dark horse or... Or a mo- or whatever it is, I, d- I just can't. So it was just a waste of, of time uh, for that. And then uh, I like I like the one on one between Bailey and Lacey. I thought once I got to the two of them, I, there was a lot of good 
near falls and, and yeah. whatnot. I mean, we were all convinced that Lacey was going to win. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So kudos. Yeah. I mean, I mean, hopefully, finally, really my thing is that I just want to get to fucking Bailey and Sasha already. Because this has been at least two years now, minimum. They've been stretching this out because they were in the Battle Royal that Naomi won, right? Yeah, and that was that. And it already going on before 34? that. Before, when were they in therapy? Yeah, when were they in therapy together, Tope? Jesus. <laughs> I am, it's hard to string all this together because I forget the timeline. Because I want to say it was between them winning the tag titles and WrestleMania at Battle Royal, but I honestly don't – I can't take it to a time. Let's see. Just – just get there. Just fucking yeah. get there already. Because they have the best chemistry of, of any two women of the four horsemen, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, and they just refuse to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was uh, July 2nd, 2018, when they were in therapy. Oh, God. So the Battle Royal was a couple months before that. Yeah. And then they were tag chip. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's, it's been over two years now. I could see, honestly, with that, with. Will actually happen, and then figure out a way to stretch this to SummerSlam. Maybe they can get the money in the bank by having either Bob and Sasha win it, but I could see how them also winning the tag team titles as a way to elongate it until they lose that, and then that's the big blow off. All right, now let's figure out what they do with Naomi, Lacey Evans, and Tamina Tope. Let's do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, we were kind of saying it, but I think Tamina is a threat. And okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think she's more of a dark horse. I don't know. I think she's more of a brooding undertone. Uh, <laughs> Are we talking about mascaras now? What is this? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen my Twitter thread as Tamina as mascaras? <laughs> oh, given, if, uh, has anyone else besides Rich and I seen Lacey Evans as trash cans? <laughs> I, I think y'all showed it to me. Oh, okay, good. Oh, if not, it. look up. There's a Twitter that just finds trash cans or dumpsters or whatever, and they all match up to a literal outfit Lacey Evans has worn, and it's fantastic. Yeah, exact color there's, there's an actual good one I need to send y'all. That is. Uh, Shawn Michaels as uh, Jordan Ones, and yes. it's very good. Yes, Ooh, I saw well, that one. That one's great. Ooh, I'm so down. Um, uh, so real quick, sorry to, to kind of sidebar this here because I know we got to still run through stuff, but you did mention Money in the Bank, and there was a promo for it on this uh, WrestleMania. Yeah. It's May 10th. Is that going to be another Performance Center pay-per-view? I don't know how. How? Like, they, so the thing I read was they have Raw and NXT taped, but they don't have SmackDown for this week in, in the can. So they're going to have to figure out, and the report is that they're going to try to go to another undisclosed location, but they can't do it in Florida. Like, right. because that was the same issue that AEW ran into, then AEW went to Georgia, and then they got shut down in Georgia. So I don't know where they go and what they do from there. So, when I saw the promo, I was like, I'm shocked they're still running this promo because I honestly don't know if that show is going to happen. Yeah. Because um, it's a liability it, having six or eight dudes in a match at the same time. Yeah, that's true. Well, and even then, like, even if they are kind of, like, targeting April 30th as, as a date for whatever the fuck, um, like, yeah, you even if it started – 
things are starting to be lifted lightly, maybe you could have another empty uh, area show or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's crazy that they were even promoting shit tonight for the future. Yeah. I, if, unless it's like series. <laughs> this is like the Undertaker documentary or things that you can right. air. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> do, like, like, do that stuff. But anything else, like, I... I don't know. Again, I wasn't a fly on the wall for what was surely the craziest telephone conference of all time with Donald Trump and all of the sports owners and commissioners. God, to listen to Adam Silver have to mute himself 400 times as Dana White and Vince McMahon talk bullshit would be amazing. (laughs) That's going to be an amazing Aaron Sorkin scripted movie one day. Yeah, no, that's what I was saying. It was like, I just remake 12 Angry Man is that. Just give it to me now, please. Um, Gary Bettman's just the, the guy that everybody hates. He'd be wonderful. Uh, but enough inside sports talk. The Firefly Funhouse quote unquote match. No words. One of the greatest things I've ever seen in wrestling history. Legitimately, not even making it, not a bit. Bray Wyatt is my, might legitimately be my new favorite wrestler of all time. I love, wow. I fucking love Bray. And the things that he does, it's just, God, it, it's perfect. That was Lee. Memories alone. That's about you and your love of Uh, yeah, keep 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 going, man. Keep going. Yeah, like to like that entire wow. There was a pin. I don't care. That was a movie. That was um like that was amazing. That was a five year journey to get into an end, and it was just like perfect. It was so it was fucking cool. perfect. Was that? It was short enough to be a quibby. It was short enough to be a quibby. I think really. <laughs> it was also the favorite night. Advertising the shit out of it. Augie, do you know anything that happened? And it's fine if you don't. We still don't nope. either. Not a single thing. <laughs> it's, all right, so here's what I want each one of us to do real quick. I want each one of us to legitimately say something random that happened during this Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> oh, and hold they on. Can't be connected, they can't be connected to the previous persons at all whatsoever. Okay. okay. Do we, only, we only do this one round? Can we do it multiple rounds? Let's I want to keep far, going because we can't go we anymore. Go. Oh, yeah, how about let's let's go until until each of us taps out. Oh my okay. god! Start. Uh, man, we don't have to go in order or anything. We just go. No, we just, can just do whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt did a really good Eric Bischoff impression. How did you just take mine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my first one too. Uh, I love that. John John Cena beat up a pig. <laughs> a puppet said shit. <laughs> oh man. John Cena uh, did 500 bicep curls in 20 seconds. Uh ah oh, shit. CM Punk. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was like, when you're running out of time on Family Feud, it's like, ah, oh, it's a draft. 
<laughs> they played the full Saturday night main event opening theme and video. Uh, John Cena joined the NWO. Yes. <laughs> the SmackDown John- fist. <laughs> Cena put his big ass in his original ring gear again. <laughs> Bray White sang some of Nikki Bella's theme song. (laughs) John Cena threw a bag of nuts at Bray Wyatt. (laughs) There was more more disappearing acts than a David Blaine special. (laughs) Are we still going? I, I, I'm running low. <laughs> uh, Bray Wyatt counted the pin for the fiend. <laughs> That's right. Wait. <laughs> uh, That's the one that got Augie. Augie was like, wait on that one. <laughs> a, a buzzard did a macho man Randy Savage impersonation. What's his name? Macho McBuzzard, I think? Or something? I don't know. Or the Macho Buzzard? I don't know. Macho Mercy, that's what it was. My pick for the Twitch tournament next month, by the way. <laughs> what was John Cena's uh, 80s character's name? Oh, Johnny Largemeat. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Largemeat. Johnny Largemeat made an appearance. It was... Uh, it was it was in art film like straight up uh, Tope wants to call Bray Wyatt his favorite wrestler I don't know what wrestling he saw tonight uh, I will say after the ringer just had their big character bracket of the best television characters of all time I think Bray Wyatt's one of my favorite television characters of all time yeah. uh, uh, specifically after tonight tonight he transcended he took he took six years of beat me again, literally almost mm-hmm. verbatim, like that idea, and he turned it into using shitty television cameras, like French New Wave, but with shitty television cameras of catharsis. Yeah. Holy yeah, shit! Like the meta textual elements to it, and. It was just it's it's something I said it in our group chat, but and I'm I'm serious. This is something that's going to be actually like studied for years to come. Yeah, it was it was shocking to me. Like it's the closest we'll ever get to Bray Wyatt shooting on television because he he just got out everything that he's been thinking and feeling over this past six years well, of just like and and shit that it. didn't even concern him like. Like the the Vince McMahon puppet said, that's great shit. Great that's a shot at Ambrose. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, excellent. Like, well, it's also it's also a shot at Vince too because it's well, yeah, him just him just puppeting and saying whatever he actually fucking says in the midst of Bray being creatively and artistically largely for the most part probably stifled. Is how I interpreted it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, the fact that he gets to do that puppet Vince character is like kind of first uh, pretty subversive in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just Augie in the text chain. If you didn't just look at my face, 
that I yeah. sent. That was me not on the aforementioned drugs. That was my leg- – I, I felt my face in that position. Like, I have to take a picture of my face right now. Like, cause it's, I, didn't, I didn't put that on at all. I was just sitting in my – Sam was in the shower. My daughter was asleep. That was just me in a room by myself experiencing that. <laughs> was that, that match renders drugs useless. <laughs> you yeah. don't need them. No. I would be I scared it. if I was on them. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, girlfriend loves, my girlfriend loves The Fiend because she she's super into horror movies and so yes. she made sure she was like hey when that match comes on make sure to come get me and I was like oh here comes here comes and we sat down and watched together and not knowing what it was going to be so just imagine me with, with the knowledge the, the little knowledge I have trying to explain to her any of it <laughs> like, okay so John Cena used to do this I don't know you, this is just hold on Dr. Thugonomics just listen <laughs> <laughs> it's I almost like also, you just needed to like go through it just without saying anything and then afterwards just like just tell me when to pause and we can talk about whatever yeah. you have questions about exactly yeah exactly <laughs> well, it's, also, it's perfect yeah it was well and it was also great like like the meta-ness of it but also like how important it was for the scenic character as well because it broke it down to like it showed how ridiculous just the start of him was, is that yeah. if Kurt Angle ducks a slap, John Cena's whole career doesn't exist. <laughs> and Bray Wyatt ducks it three straight times. And he was like, what? How did this happen? And then using Cena's own words against him at the end of, like, the most overhyped, overproduced, overpushed, like, whatever it is, and ends up being back on, like, Cena. Like, mm. Cena deserves incredible props for oh, being yeah. so like giving in this situation and that you fucking tell me that Hulk Hogan or <laughs> Steve Austin no, or the good. rock or no. triple H or any number one guy ever would do any of that. No, no, just from a silliness aspect of it, but also he's, he's the fucking how man. much, yeah, how much it just is, like, he literally just, he vanished. He just disappeared in the poof. We may never see him on TV again. I don't know. Perfect and symbolism. Yeah. You, <laughs> it was. It legitimately, like, I could talk about, like, I've thought about this match since it's ended, and I have fucking plot lines, man. <laughs> yeah, the fact that there can be, like, multiple interpretations from, I mean, a quote-unquote wrestling match is amazing. Like the fun house, also, like I mean, they, they kind of say, but the fun house is basically all your insecurities. So anytime mm-hmm. someone feuds with Bray Wyatt, they end up turning because they have to go to their biggest insecurity. Seth Rollins, look at him, he feuds with Bray Wyatt, and he's worried about what people think about him, and then that grows and grows and grows, and he becomes a fucking god. Yeah. Dan 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 Bryan wants to save the world and do all this stuff, then he realizes I'm not this person. I'm about the fans. He turns, and then John Cena goes through his entire career of insecurities, and he banishes. God damn! I just got chills again. It's so fucking good. It it almost is like. Go go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Because I'm going to probably change the conversation. So go ahead. I was just going to say it's it's like when you're watching. I don't know. No one's going to be able to relate to this. But if you're watching, like, an improv show, like, a, a, a Herald or something, and you're like, where the fuck are they going with this? And then, like, it comes together at the very end. That's sort of like Bray Wyatt's mm-hmm. career, where it's, like, for five or six years, it's like, what the fuck is happening? And then this this happens, and you go, oh, he lost on purpose. Like, <laughs> you know, like, he wanted to get beat so he could do this. 
I, I thought the same thing. It's like maybe he just lost the Goldberg because he's like, I don't, I don't need this fucking toy. Right. This motherfucker, yeah. John Cena, has put me into this funhouse where I have to live with my insecurities every single day. Mm. So I want him to feel the way I felt for the last five years. And he fucking did it. He did I it, I thought man. about it. I thought about it. I was like, maybe, maybe like it was less about Goldberg. It's more about just like, look, I could lose the Roman Reigns at WrestleMania or you just let me do my shit for 15 minutes. Like, it's up to you. <laughs> I'll do whatever you want, but I'd really prefer this other thing. Um, yeah, man. I, I, I don't understand. More. Go ahead, Wayne. Go ahead, Wayne. No, no, no. I, I just had one more thing for Augie. So, so go ahead with your thought. No, what's yours? Cause I just thought of another one too before I go to my thought. Augie, Augie, uh, this match fucked up Titus O'Neil so hard. <laughs> so, the Firefly Funhouse match ends. It fades to black, and it fades up on Titus just standing there, and his face is just like, oh, sweet Jesus, what did I just watch? It's like an extreme <laughs> close-up of just Titus's face. Yeah. And then it just faded. I don't think he said a word. I don't think it just no, faded no, off. No, he did. Head. He did. I think he said, I don't know what I just saw. And that was <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> uh, the other that, thing that happened. They couldn't have cut to anything else. Yeah. Like, that's <laughs> the the absolute perfect thing they could have cut to after that match. After that wild shit. The um the other thing we did mention is that uh Bray seamlessly just went right back into Swamp Preacher mode as well, mm. and then just yeah. in the middle of it just had another really good retro Bray Wyatt promo. Yeah, he just on the top of the hat, just go right back to who he was, and it was and it was great. God damn it! It it's like so. What does I really hope they don't do anything with whatever character he's doing now. Uh, or anything. I hope they don't do anything with him until they actually have something interesting for that character. Yeah, yeah. agreed. Yeah, he shouldn't be on TV all the time. Like, no, there's, no, there's, no need, there's no need to. It's hard to go back to just regular old Firefly Funhouse segments after that. You know what I'm saying? Right. If you're, any, Why would you ever want to wrestle him again? Like, <laughs> why would you want to be like... Like, if you can put up against it and be like, hey, I quit. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> like, you should, like, everyone should be terrified of him. It just makes the Goldberg thing, in retrospect, again, agonizing. But if we got this because of it, I'm fine with it. My thing I was going to mention, as I mentioned when we talked about the Bonin matches, I don't get how there are a lot of people that either don't get it or don't, are, 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 there's a lot of people that are going to be more 50-50 on this than the Boneyard match. And I don't know why. I think it's possibly just people just being either uneducated or people just – I don't know what the difference is. I, don't know what I was the just going to say, what's the difference? I, I don't yeah, know. It's, I, it's really I, hard I, for me to, to figure out like how you can like one without the other. I think if I had to give it a guess, I would, th- I would think that those people would think that the Firefly – Funhouse match was a bit more silly, more yeah. campy. Yeah, definitely. That's the that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, that's probably what it is. The the Boneyard match was a fairly straightforward, like you were saying, Rich. I think like like a B movie, kind of B like action horror type movie. 
It's true, yeah. Like, it, like if you're at Blockbuster, yeah, you know, you got your section that's two hicks fighting in a graveyard, right? <laughs> and you have your section that's like, you know, grindhouse right. horror that with some like commentary to it. So I, I guess I kind of get that because it is the 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 Funhouse match. It, is challenging it challenges you as a viewer you know and especially like if you are kind of a newer you don't have all the backstory and stuff like that i can kind of see that but if you do have all the backstory you do have all the knowledge and stuff like that and like you do have a brain that does like to work sometimes mm-hmm. i don't under that's when i don't understand well i probably didn't even have half the the backstory probably like and even still they they gave me enough in in the the segment for me to figure it out like i i didn't see that john cena Bray Wyatt match, but I saw right. enough in this segment to understand the the significance. Okay, well then that's good. That makes me feel better because I don't have like it's yeah I don't have that kind of perspective to like judge whether it did or not. But yeah. so that's good to hear. Yeah. Um. So two, so two more things to, to wrap this up here. Uh. So to Tope's point, the other person we're forgetting in it was Finn. So he also basically what the Fiend and Bray has done for everybody he's beaten is allowed them to be their true form. Yeah. So, so Shit. Finn has gone back to being the dickhead oh. prince. Seth is always the egomaniacal, crazy person. Same thing with the Miz. Daniel Bryan is, of course, a good person. So I'm interested to see with the Cena thing, because also we have WrestleMania in Hollywood next year. Oh. So there is no. Hey, we've been doing this ten years. There is no better time <laughs> to have John Cena be a fucking asshole on television. Then whatever we see now, if we don't see John Cena again, that also works. Fine, great, cool. But it would be a disservice to everything that they've built with the Bray Wyatt character and the the Fiend character to not do something funny creative if he is available and comes back next year. Show me Hollywood John Cena, goddamn it! Give it to me. Give Just it finally embracing it and not not trying to act like. Yeah, he isn't that holier than thou. Yeah, mm. and that's the reason, and the one reason he didn't, the, he couldn't be Goldberg, is that Goldberg has never changed. Goldberg's never been anybody different. Because we're gonna oh. ignore that shitty, we're gonna sh- ignore that shitty 2000 heel turn. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody else, like with Finn, you had two sides. With Seth, you had two sides. With the Miz, he was living a different side. Brian, and Cena hasn't for so long, but Cena's always had this internal struggle which was the whole basis of their six-year-ago feud. So, yeah, man, whatever they choose to do from here is, is I am all for it. I'm all for it. And it's sad that this and the Boneyard match doesn't happen mm-hmm. if, it's, no. if yep. it's a live mania at yeah. all. Nothing no. close oh. to it. Not a close. Nope. The closest thing they ever tried to do to this in the modern era, you know, like, because you have the backlot match or whatever, that aside, the most recent closest thing they've tried to do to something like this is bugs. <laughs> 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 At a WrestleMania. Yeah. And well, you know like, that wasn't his. They've yeah. had, like, filmed matches and stuff before like that, but they usually go on Raw or, or, or something like that, or, like, you know, Bray and, and Orton had their thing or whatever. Right. But, like, yeah, this shit doesn't touch mania because you have hundreds of thousands of people that you need to entertain in person. What about the Hardy match, like the the, the delete match that was recorded, like, in a – yeah. Well, that was TNA. Well, well, they did do the one. They did do the one with Wyatt uh, Mm -hmm. a couple years ago when Wyatt 
to turn technically into a babyface short term and whatever. And that it was so watered down and neutered. It was still good, but it was much different than the full creative control that Hardy had in Impact. The difference I felt with that, besides it kind of feeling like we'd already seen it before, was other things they've done. Like they've done Wyatt family compound stuff before against like the New Day. Like they always took it like too seriously, oh, or yeah. they just had like the wrong they had the wrong tone with it. Like you had to you have to know kind of like what you have. So, like, it was a fish out of water with the New Day being at the White Family. Like, if you'd had a little bit of the New Day spice to it, it would be much better. Or if you had the White Family against, like, the shield in a Wyatt compound, then that'd be fucking great because then it could be super gritty and real and whatever yeah. you want to do with it. Yeah. This yeah. was the first time they took, like, both ends and halves of it for each match for AJ and Undertaker and for Fiend and Cena and fused them together, and it was just harmonious as well. Like, it fit with the participants involved. You could have done that with The Undertaker and anybody else, because AJ gave it legitimacy, and, and he's great at what he does. And you could have done that with, like, Roman or Braun or anybody else against The Fiend because of the backstory. And also the fact that you had somebody high-profile enough that that's what made it so crazy is that this guy is a fucking multi-billionaire movie star in franchises. <laughs> <laughs> and he just he just got a man's hand shoved down his throat, and then he disappeared. <laughs> So, yes, Augie, again, watch that whole goddamn thing. I don't want to say anything because I'm derisive, like, I'm not convincing, but I'll watch it. Uh, Drew McIntyre beats Brock Lesnar four and a half minutes. All right, thank you for listening to the podcast. We are. Swagging off. Thanks, guys. Uh, And then your main event, Drew McIntyre defeats Brock Lesnar. Uh, we could literally do another yeah. Braun Strowman Goldberg style rundown to this. It was four and a half minutes. It was uh, shoulder tackles and claymores and Germans and an F5 kick out at one, an F5 kick out at two, an F5 kick out at two. Claymore, Claymore, Claymore. Let's go home. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was disappointed in that. I was hoping with the the time and the environment, like we'd get a little something more, but I think yeah. we know at this point, if, if it's Brock against a guy his size, it's going to be short. If it's a guy like AJ or Brian or Finn, it's going to be better and more creative for whatever reason. So um, I, the right, the right result happened, but just was a kind of an anticlimactic end to it. I, but, yeah, man. Um, pretty much. Yeah. Both those matches just spammed the finishers. Uh, mm-hmm. and I don't want to hear about, uh, in a shitty way, them doing that on takeovers. So that's all, that's all I got to say about it. Huh. Yes. That's interesting. Thank yeah. you. I, I appreciate that so much, Rich, because it's become a fucking huge internet joke now of any time a finisher goes like, oh, time for a takeover match. And it's like, those are happening 25 minutes in the matches and the story's already been told. Whereas yep. these matches are, are, Part you're starting with finishers. The minimum yeah. amount of work, yeah. You're playing a video game and you put the the finish account to unlimited. Yeah. <laughs> there's, yeah nothing, it, there's nothing fun about it. There's uh, nothing creative about it either. I'm mm. fine if we had a journey to get there. Like I'm fine if you have 10 or 15 minutes of whatever story you're telling. The other problem is there's no stories being told with it. It's This is my biggest offensive weapon. I'm trying to beat you with it. That's it. There's no other creative license there that you can do with it. Yeah, I mean, Heyman didn't even get on the mic or anything. Like, they did nothing creative with this match. 
that also was kind of weird that when I heard I, it wasn't Hamilton, it's the other guy, Mike Rome, just doing the ring introductions. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why isn't Heyman doing his fucking spiel? And then Heyman's face afterwards was also weird. There was something odd going on with it. I don't know. I'd be interested to see what happens tomorrow at Raw. Mm-hmm. But, um, but McIntyre's the champion and the crowd likes him right now. So let's enjoy it while we can. And we'll, we'll see where it goes. One thing I, I wanted to point out, if, if, I don't know how many people noticed tonight, but they had a really, really odd disparity in terms of, as I'll, always Raw and SmackDown, but specifically on the second night where Todd, uh, Phillips and Saxon called almost the entire night two. The only thing that Cole and JBL called was the women's five way. And, uh, Otis and Dolph. Everything else was Phillips and Saxton, hmm. which was, was just. It, was it not split up Raw and SmackDown? No. Uh, so, uh, Charlotte's on Raw, so the Raw team handled that. Aleister Black on Raw. Orton on Raw. Street Profits Raw. Uh, there was huh. technically no commentators on The Fiend and Cena. Oh, and JBL basically introduced the match, and then the Brock is Raw. Hmm. And then last night, AJ didn't have anything. Strowman and Goldberg was two minutes. Owens and Rollins was still raw. The longest JBL and Cole did anything for was the SmackDown tag title match. That was it. Um, and I, and which was good. I mean, I like Saxon and Phillips. I think they were kind of bad in Edge and Orton, which was another critique I had of that match was they basically were doing like the serious Owen voice the entire match, like golf mm-hmm. commentators. Like, like not adding to the severity and the level of the match that it was. I mean, it's an odd match to call 36 minutes of two guys destroying a building, essentially um, <laughs> and trying to kill each other. But uh, I normally really like them together, but it was odd to have like a different sounding mania. It was refreshing almost for the most part, uh, especially when JBL was there instead of anybody else. Yeah. Just being in sufferable as always. So, what else on WrestleMania? I'll tell you this, man. I think the two-night format absolutely works. Like, yeah. crowd or no crowd, I think it absolutely fucking works, and it needs to be the norm from now here on out. I, I agree. I, the crowd part of it intrigues me just because I don't know how you could – I don't know the finances behind it. I don't know, like – I don't know what they did for Wrestle Kingdom. Like, for Wrestle Kingdom, yeah. were the prices, like, the same both nights, and then, like, if you wanted to go – they said to pay double the price to go to that big event. Like, I mean, they, I'm sure they could put together like packages and stuff like that, especially with all the other events going on during, throughout the weekend. Like, or make it, or make it literally that's not price, and, still, and you're making more money either way. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that has been a hang up for me mentally. But I, I mean, of course, we've been talking about it for years that guys get the the time that they deserve, and the ladies get the time that they deserve, like we had here. You're going to benefit from a hotter crowd. I don't think anybody this year, it showed, cared about what night they were on. It's still WrestleMania, and they still gave their all. So just fucking do it. Have the Hall of Fame be a SummerSlam thing, and that'll be great. And then if you want to still do NXT, do NXT Thursday. And then you do still SmackDown Friday, and you do whatever else, and you do Mania Saturday, Sunday. Boom. Done. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's the way it should be, but we're going to be in, back in L.A. next year, and it'll be a 15-hour show. <laughs> Probably. But that Probably. Was, it worked. I felt energized. The show ended, and I'm like, oh, that was, that was a fun show. And I felt yeah. energized, and I wasn't drained, and 
it was yeah, yeah super consumable. You're right. Yeah, it's it's one o'clock in the morning here, and the show's been over for three hours. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it just end. Like I'm tired because yeah. I've been talking about it for two hours. Not I've been watching it for seven hours. Mm-hmm. So. Well, as Toby said, we'll see what happens next year in Hollywood. Uh, final thoughts on any other Mania Weekend stuff? I mean, we don't have anything else to talk about. Nothing else happened. I don't know why I'm asking. <laughs> but there was no indies, no takeovers. Uh, I'm not sure what the show will look like next week. Uh, we have some things in mind. We'll talk about that off air, what we're, what we're looking to do. But, uh, um, yeah, we're, we don't have any mailbags or anything. Do we, Rich? Nope. No, thank you guys. Uh, the the it was nice to live tweet again. We were live tweeting all throughout all throughout both nights of WrestleMania and our own private text chat coming up with tweets for you guys. We had a lot of correspondence and and feedback from you all. So it was good to interact with you on social media. Keep that conversation going on uh, all social media platforms beyond just Twitter at Potswoggle. Hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash Potswoggle. YouTube, like we were talking about, all the past streams of the Twitch tournaments and March of Madnesses are there. Instagram, uh, hit us up with email, Potswoggle at gmail.com. The mailbag, arcadeaudio.net slash Potswoggle mailbag. Uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. We have so much awesome bonus content. The Revenge of the Nerds video is up right now with Spencer eating individual nerds one at a time uh, from several weeks ago. The podcast that is live on Patreon coming up in uh, about a week's time, or actually from when you're hearing this, might actually already be up. I don't remember when we agreed that was going up to play. Either now or very soon will be the um, rich major wrestling figure Real Ghostbusters video available on Patreon. And as Tope just mentioned, Tope's full... Are you going to just put the whole thing up, or are you going to cut it up, Tope? He's going to put the whole motherfucker up. <laughs> are you, you going to be able to like, time it so people can watch your react, like live reaction and the match at the same time? Oh, I'll, I'll have the match in the same window, so right, you don't right. even you don't even got to worry about it. <laughs> Is it going to be at least waist up to respect the audience at home? Uh, let me take a look. I forgot how how I shot it. Probably. <laughs> Good. Hey, Mullet. Yeah. I got another power. The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! The champ is here! (laughs) Do the same thing I did. (laughs) Do the same thing I did. Wait, really? Hold on. All right, so let me just clarify. All right, so number one, it's been almost a, it hasn't been a week even, and my life is agony having to tweet Zack Ryder twice a fucking day. <laughs> nice but awkward enough. Today I just had to be like, man, it's really bad to have the WrestleMania without Zack Ryder's smile. I have to get creepier and worse. So blocks me. At some point. So to clarify, I have to watch that same Ghostbusters video, eat a quart of ice cream, and record myself doing it. That is correct. Fuck! <sighs> Evil man. Alright, fine. This didn't have to happen. Look, man, six years from now, we're going to be looking back at some real Bray Wyatt ass shit with us doing this mm-hmm. to each other. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. 
You know what, Mullet? I, I bet no one really tweets at Zack Ryder as much as you do. So he's probably, if he's not already, he will soon be like, hey, uh, talking to his friend, like, you know, that the Mullet guy tweeted me again today. So Isn't that, very, that's kind of fun. Very, the very first thing I tweeted, he liked. And I was like, oh, no. Yes. So you know that you're like, on his radar. It was like a picture of purchases that I would made of toys. I'm like, I'm going about this all wrong immediately. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, shout yeah, out to Kurt Hawkins. Shout out, for, shout out to Kurt Hawkins for watching WrestleMania at home in his gear with his daughter <laughs> in here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> ah. He's better. He's the better one of the half. Don't don't start that war. You don't need it, Mullet. Don't, <laughs> don't need that at all. Uh, so Rich is still champion. So at the moment, Rich would be out of power. We're going to be recording next week uh, for Twitch. Uh, we'll handle Twitch next week. Rich, of course, will have the uh, the March of Madness champion, Nick Aldis, and you'll get two picks. Tope, you will get uh, Edge, the pit champion, and a, another pick. And then the other three spots will go uh, one each for myself, Spencer, and Augie. Whitney finished last in WrestleMania, so you will be blocked out of this month's tournament. How surprising. <laughs> so Augie and Spencer be thinking of anything you want picks. Tope, yours could be anything you want because you have Edge, technically is in the game. Rich, one of yours has to be from the game, and one of them can be anything you want. So we'll do that all next week. Final thoughts. We'll start with Whitney. The one other thing I learned from this mania is nobody loves their wife more than Montez Ford loves Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have some babies already, please. <laughs> For humanity. I know. Yeah, I said that like I wanted. Yeah, I wanted to. I said that like I wanted to be in the room when it happened. <laughs> Spencer. Oh man, Firefly Funhouse. <laughs> that's, that's, it. That's, the, that's the tweet that's the tweet uh, now we've got to have a Firefly Funhouse Boneyard match with The Undertaker and The Fiend that was actually a tournament they set up so that's, that's the finals just the two of them <laughs> and a combination give it to me Augie final thoughts nah man let's get out this so I can go actually watch The Undertaker Boneyard match <laughs> <laughs> Let's get off of the WrestleMania recap show so I can go watch WrestleMania. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I'm final, thoughts? Time. <laughs> final thoughts. Uh, I love you. I'm sorry. Uh, and wow, what a good, uh, you know, it just goes to show that good things can happen. Boy, did this exceed expectations. Mm. Yeah, it really did. It really did. I have to go buy ice cream. I have so much ice cream, but I don't have any actual ice cream. You prick. Yeah, it's gonna have to be like a court too, man. Or I know, and I man, I've I've imbibed way too much this weekend too. I yeah, like three pounds. I'm really sorry that this might be fucking up your diet, man. Just get a get a quart of top. I I started this. I started this. I know. Tope, final thoughts. Uh, apologies to Charlie Caruso. Uh, fuck, I have to also watch that goddamn video another 20 times again, so I get it too. <laughs> I'm um, sorry. <laughs> I'm truly sorry about that. I know, it's okay. I, it's, uh, it's okay. That's all I got. <laughs> no, 
it's oh. worth the content. You don't want to love hot content. Um, that's why I'm okay with it. Damage. <laughs> that's what I did. No, you know what? That's what I deserve in talking ill about Gargano. He's he's the goat, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Just wait for that Ed Gargano match. Holy <laughs> shit! Oh, oh. Although oh, I think I don't God. think he's on Edge's list. He said Champa. He didn't say Gargano. Watch. <laughs> Edge fucking hates Gargano. It's, I don't want to be anywhere around that little little person. <laughs> setting up the feud, man. There, there you go. That's Act One. Of a, of a nine act match for Tope, Spencer Faragi for Rich. This is Mel. Time for Possible Wrestling Podcast for Entertainment. We are slogging off. It was a mania. It was a graveyard smash. (laughs) (laughs) It was a boneyard smash. If you're feeling lonely today, come along and throw your cares away. We're really glad that you're our friend, and this is a friendship that'll never, ever end. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.